0: That's when I knew that I wanted a different life. I wanted a, and how I call it is a 2.0 life. That's when, you know, like I'm built for more. There is something else that I want to get your 2.0 life. You need to become your 2.0 self, which is actually capable of creating that life. How does your 2.0 self walk, talk? What are their gestures like? What is their eye contact like? What does their energy give off? I say to people all the time that the desires that you are given Are the universe's GPS for you? You don't have a choice, but you do have a choice whether you go for it or not. Right. You can ignore the signs. Yeah, you can ignore the signs.
1: There'll be consequences for that. Bingo. When did you start seeing the signs of your life and where your soul was calling you? My first breakup. Today's guest is an entrepreneur, total badass and a mindset coach who helps entrepreneurs become the 2.0 version of themselves. In today's conversation, we'll be discussing the power of charisma, how to build an epic tribe, shifting identities, lessons from psychedelics, masculinity, and what it takes to build a lifestyle of freedom. Please welcome Kwa Tran. Kwa, welcome to the James Zander trip. Good to be here. I wanted to start with the power of storytelling. Um, You once wrote, Stories are the pinnacle of the human experience. Stories reenact our lives, romanticize our lives, illustrate our lives in its most powerful form. So go do it too. Romanticize your life. Live your life like the most romantic, whimsical, erotic, and dangerously poetic story you can create. Tell me about the power of stories and how it relates to personal development.
0: Okay, first of all, I'm... Really impressed because he really did go through all of the <laughs> story highlights. Look to me, stories are like the human experience, right? And if you, and, and what I mean by the human experience is that's all that's all you're creating at the end of the day. Like it's just stories, like stories of you know the first time you got dumped, or stories of the first dance you had, or the first time you met your wife or girlfriend, or the first sale you had in your business. Yeah, it's
1: just a story. Do you find that people often create false stories in their heads?
0: Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I find that people create stories that aren't, okay. I don't truly believe in false or not false or good or bad. My personal belief is effective and ineffective, mm. meaning for the specific goal that I want, all right, is this effective or is this ineffective? Oh, I love that. Because yeah. there's no real like good or bad. It's like yeah. It's does not serve the purpose your Exactly, you're trying to It does serve the purpose, right? So like a very good example of that is let's say you got dumped, which I have that sent me on the path. Um but is it effective or is it ineffective? For me it was super effective. Mm. Right. And it was just something that I had to go through. Mm-hmm. Which but for most people they take that as oh shit the world happened to me, something happened to me, what do I do now, et cetera, et cetera, right? And you get sent on a path of, I did too the first time, right? You get sent on a path of like depression and anxiety and all of these things, but you eventually learn to like take control of it, take control of the the narrative, the story, and then use it for yourself.
1: Take me back in time to the beginning of your story. Um, Tell me a little bit about your upbringing and how did it shape you into the man you are today
0: really good question cool so with my upbringing um my parents specifically aren't the typical asian parents right so the typical asian parents they want you to become doctors and engineers and all of these things and be be good at school funnily enough my parents actually didn't care about that specifically my dad that's rare in a extremely rare extremely rare Right. So my dad, he didn't care about my grades, but what he cared about was, okay, the direct translation is win at life. Mm. That's what he drilled into me when I was young, win at life. And what he meant was, wherever I go, I need to be the person that is, quote unquote, the winner, right? Like, get to know everything, get to know everyone, know the landscape, know the culture, know the street rules, Um. Understand just everything, right? Like know how to fix things, know how to, know how the social landscape works, which, mm-hmm. funny enough, was a very good foundation of much later in my life. Um. So yeah, that was my dad, and then my mum was extremely, you know, like a helicopter mum. <laughs> <laughs> like there's there's this term called like a
1: helicopter mum, right? So someone who was always watching you, making sure you're. It's it's safe. kind
0: of like over the top nurturing. Bless my parents. Well and truly bless my parents. The only thing is I do have the genuine belief that if my mother had a different son or just a son that had a different temperament, I think they would have ended up very sheltered. Mm, but that didn't happen to you. It didn't. It didn't. It did until I was... It didn't until I left. Uh-huh. Right. Because until I left the, uh, my parents' house, my mother just did everything because she's just so naturally nurturing, right? And at that age, you, like you don't you don't know much, like, yeah. you know. Yes. And bless her heart, I mean that's what mothers exactly, do. right? Like, goddamn, bless my parents, well and truly. But I had this urge to want to. Okay, have you seen the movie Spirit by any chance? Spirit, yeah, it's like about this horse. It's like it's my one of my favorite childhood movies. Have not? No, okay, I'll check cool. it out so good. It's by uh, DreamWorks, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a Disney-esque kind of movie, but it's like a childhood movie, right? And in the movie, there's this horse that leaves the tribe. Like, he essentially, he's, he's the leader of his tribe, and then he sees like a campfire in the background, right? And he's like, I have to go there. I have to see what's there. It's like a burning desire. It's, yes. Mm-hmm. It's like a desi- you just You don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I say to people all the time that the desires that you are given are the universe's GPS for you. Ooh, so good. Like, you you don't have a choice, but you do have a choice whether you go for it or not. Right. You can ignore the signs. Yeah, you can ignore the signs. There'll be consequences for that, too. Bingo. Right. You ignore the signs... To the peril of your own spirit, is what I would say.
1: But so, when did you start seeing the signs of your life and where your soul was calling you? My first breakup. You want to get
0: into that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So, for my specific story, um, because of my parents, uh, my parents' upbringing. My bless my parents. They're still together. um, Very wise dad like he instilled very wise and masculine values into me that created a story where i didn't have what most people have which is like a rags to riches kind of story you know how like they start they get bullied when they were kids and then they grow up and etc etc and then they kind of like get better you You kind of had the the opposite right exactly yeah i kind of had a little bit of a flip um so for me specifically because of those, because of the upbringing, and just because of nature in general, like my temperament, I grew up very. I'm trying to not be conceited as much as possible, but I grew up just things were kind of easy, right? I, up until I was 20, and, and what i what I mean by easy is school was actually kind of easy, um, making friends, girls, all of these things, right? But it was only. And here's here's the part that I, I, when I tell this story, I want people to understand is imagine that you've never experienced emotional trauma before, right? And then you have a temperament that is very Mm self-assured. And what does that create? Like what kind of person does that create? You're not empathetic. You can't understand people. You're very one-track-minded. No feminine, like, understanding. You know, mm. and it wasn't until I was 20 years old when I was, so I had a girlfriend. My first girlfriend was three years, 17 until 20, right? It wasn't until my first breakup that everything just, oof. How did she break up with you? <laughs> um, so We broke up in person. Our breakup was very... Did you see it coming? In retrospect, yes. At the time, no. In retrospect, because we were so rocky, I should have saw it coming. But at the time, no. It was just my first break. I didn't know any better. Yeah, yeah. You know, right? And yeah, she broke up with me in person, obviously sobbed and cried my eyes out, blah, 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 blah. I was 20 at the time, hadn't gone down the personal development route yet. So, I wasn't sovereign in myself, right? And this is the first, keep in mind, this is the first emotional trauma that I've had. Mm. Right up until then, it was just a sheltered fetus away from emotional trauma. That's that's what I would say. Right after that, it just shattered, completely shattered. Like, did it shatter your your
1: self esteem or your self worth? Everything, everything, everything. Because you took beca- it personally.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I became depressed. I became. Uh, I developed social anxiety. Mm. I had panic attacks have you had a panic attack before
1: not a panic attack but definitely depression
0: i know yeah. i know what that feels like yeah depression is, sucks ass <laughs> yeah. but panic attacks is definitely up there so panic attack is where honestly your body feels like it's about to die because mm-hmm. your heart's beating so fast you start like profusely sweating you you can't breathe you just straight up cannot breathe
1: <sighs> what's the best thing for someone to do in that situation either for their
0: friend if they see them having a, an attack or, or themselves? If you see your friend having an attack, what, they, what you need to get your friend to do is slow down their breathing because that's what's causing it, right? Yeah. The, this movement, right, creates your mind to even go even crazier, right? So it's getting your friend to slow down their breathing. And a very good way to do that is it's called the 2x breath where you go in, 4 in and out, eight. All right. Mm-hmm. Do that a couple of times. Get them to just calm down their breathing and that will get them to calm down. But if you're experiencing yourself, exact same thing, all right? I know at the time, I remember how it feels because my, f- at the time, my first panic attack was I was at the clubs, all right? And my friend wanted me to go hit on some girls. I couldn't do it. I straight up could not do it.
1: Something that came easily to you before? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. All right. Actually, no, let's re- Let's rewind a little bit. It didn't come easy to me before, but it was just something I didn't think of before. Like these aspects of social skills and things like that just didn't cross my mind. So the only reason why it became easy before was naivety. Right. I just I just didn't know any better. You know, I didn't know what I was doing. I was just, That's the
1: advantage of of being young. Oh, straight you, up. <laughs> you don't know your own Yeah, you flaws. don't know. You don't yeah. know anything. And yeah. so you can take these massive risks and yep. you can dive into life with all abandon,
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah, 100%. Right. And you just, it's just ignorance. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's, it's a blessing at the time, which yeah. sometimes you wish you can go back and just, fuck, man, I wish I didn't know the things I knew now. Um, but yeah, anyways, moving on. So, couldn't do it. I literally left the clubs. I left because I was having a panic attack. I left. I crossed the street, went to an abandoned building. It was across the street. Went to the second floor, right, and sat down like with a, like just sat down on the floor with the wall behind me. 15 minutes later, my friend called me. He was like, yo, where did you go? I'm like, and I explained to him the situation. He came and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that was how bad it was. Right. Like I was so scared to talk to people. I was scared to talk to cashiers, girls, everything. Everything under the goddamn sun. Right. And that that was what drove me to down the path of personal development. That was the catalyst. That was the catalyst. So tell me
1: what what happened next after that catalyst. Yeah. How did you start working on yourself and yeah. how did you regain your confidence?
0: Really good question. So a key thing to take note of is up until now when I was, so three years prior, like so th- that happened when I was 20. So three years prior when I was 17, I had already gone on the path of here and there, like just dabbing into personal development, right? Mm-hmm. Watching like what we all do, the YouTube videos, the courses, the personal development um, events, things like that. The Ty Lopez videos. The ta- everything. Ty Lopez videos, <laughs> the, yeah, just seeing those ads, going through his, his seven steps, the whole shebang. The thing was, up until for three years, 17 to 20, I didn't, there was no results to show for it. I hadn't, I'd made no progress. And it was mainly because it was, everything was just so confusing. Like, this personal development person would, contradict this guru and then they would all contradict each other and you're like what do i do too much inputs too much inputs Mm -hmm. too much inputs and just no clarity right i would say no clarity but when i was 20 all of this happened breakup depression etc etc was at that point the goalposts honestly had moved right because up until that point, I wanted, you know, the life that we all wanted, you know, the luxurious lifestyle, the girls, the just freedom in general, mm. right? But at that point, when I was 20, the gold post moved because it moved from that inspiration of living the life to the desperation of, I just want my confidence back. That's it. Yeah. Right? It's the same thing as a person who doesn't have health. They only want one thing. Yeah. Just one wish, just one,
1: and in a way, it clarifies your desires, where now you just have one burning desire, you know exactly what you're seeking, yep. and things in a way become simpler,
0: yeah mm. exactly, and at that time period as well, i had I had learnt two concepts that I really hadn't learnt before, right being used together. It was only when these two concepts were being used together that I understood. Like, oh shit! This is the way, right? And the two concepts was this: one, I call it, I call it your sole purpose layers, right? So I, okay, this, this is gonna be very entertaining. So the the sole purpose layers are this, right? Imagine an onion, okay, and then imagine like that layers of an onion are like the purpose in your life, like they represent your your purpose, right? The thing is at each season or each stage of your life, you have a different purpose. Everyone thinks you have one need. Mm, mm -hmm. I would pose the point that you don't. Because at each season, there's something else that's calling you. Right. You know? Yeah. So then, and here's the thing, you know when to get to your next layer, when to like peel this current layer and get to the next purpose, when your current one becomes boring or it becomes obsolete.
2: Mm,
0: mm -hmm. Right? And at that time, my... Current purpose was just I wanted the confidence back. That's it. It wasn't a million-dollar business. It wasn't living luxurious. I could kill us Because that shit doesn't even matter if you don't have your foundations, you know? And my inner, my inner world was just gone mm-hmm. in rubbles,
2: hmm. you know?
0: And the second secret is this, or the second concept that I learned was you need to become Okay, I'm actually going to rewind a little bit. The second concept was, to get the life that you want, let's call it, for my my students, I call it the 2.0 life. Let's say, to get your 2.0 life, you need to become your 2.0 self, which is actually capable of creating that life. And how I always explain it is, if you were already capable, you would already have it, right? Like, everything stems from here. And then when I put those two together, I understood, oh, that's what I have to do. The current season was to get my confidence back. So I have to become the confident me. Right. Hmm. That clarified everything. How did you do it? (laughs) Do Do you want the full version? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Let's get into this. Okay, this is going to get very entertaining. So this is the first time that I've ever done this, right? Up until now, I didn't know what, you know, identity shifting or all of these things were, like becoming your 2.0 self, etc. So, it the first time it took me like about a year to figure it out and how I did it was I did everything under the sun that I could think about in terms of confidence, right? I went to personal uh, speaking workshops. I did public speaking myself, right? I went to improv classes, you know, like improv, like like those drama kids that are doing improv and stuff like that. I was doing that. I went to, I was in public speaking challenges groups where if you didn't do the challenges on a weekly basis, you, you got cut, you got kicked out. Like it was that intensity, right? I was speaking to random strangers. I'll just start conversations everywhere. And then I would modify my sub communications. Meaning, most of communication is actually body language and tone. Words are only about 7 to 10%. Right? We always forget that, don't we? <laughs> most people forget that. Yeah. yeah. So for me, what I did at the time was I modified everything. Uh-huh. Right. So even right now, right, every single gesture that I'm making, every single tone that's coming out of my mouth. Right. I'm all, there's a layer of my brain because I've ingrained this so hard into myself that there's a layer of my brain that's conscious of it. Like, I know where my hand is. I know where my ring is. Right. I know what it's all saying, if I'm intentional. It's all intentional. Yeah. And I know how it's being perceived. Right. And that's how, like part of becoming a confident person is that. Like, how are you being well actually, there's a very good quote, right? That goes, you're not who you think you are, you're not who they think you are. You are who you think they think you are. You are who they think you are. Okay, so you are not who you think you are. Yeah, You are not who they think you are. You are who you think they think you are
1: right but it, is that true though because in a in a way that's just
0: stories in our heads of what they're thinking of us yeah but it's your perception of their stories for example who do i think right now you think that i am what kind of person right and this con- so i coined this concept as the social mold think about it this way all right if you think that i am a confident person or i am a person who's eloquent or, I am a person who's shy, just whatever it is, all right, whatever a mold that you think, it's very likely that I will take that perception on myself it's It's that herd mentality,
1: yes, oh man, this is so good that you brought this up because i've I was just thinking the other day that first of all, every person has a different slightly different perception of you, so there's a thousand different versions of you living in a thousand different people's heads, yep. Now, the interesting thing I've noticed is when I'm hanging out with, let's say there's an outdated version of me with an old social circle, if I go and start hanging out with them, I'm actually going to start to mold to their expectations of who I was. Now, if I go back to my new social circle, I'm going to revert, I'm going to now start molding to the new person, the more up-to-date version of me. Yeah. Have you noticed that in, in yourself as well?
0: Oh, 100%. This it's, exists in everyone. Yeah.
1: I just find it fascinating that even though we know that we are not that old version just by being with the the old group we start exhibiting the behaviors of the old version. Yeah. What do you what do you think about that? Should we be sticking to the most up-to-date version or is it just part of human nature to mold ourselves like chameleons in whatever social circle we're in? Cool. Okay.
0: All right, this is going to get very interesting. So one of the things that I teach my students, right? Okay. The first thing to understand is this, is that almost nothing in the world is binary. Meaning there's almost nothing in the world that's an on and off, yes, no, et cetera, et cetera. Pretty much everything, like there are so many things in the world that it's it's instead of being binary, it's a con- continuum, right? So that's the first concept to understand. Now, the second concept to understand is... Let's say, for example, your old self, let's call it, uh, let's call it your 1.0 self. 1.0, yeah. yeah. Let's say, for example, your new self, let's call it your 2.0 self. Now, the thing to understand is this. It's not you are your 1.0 self and you're, your t- our but, and you're not your 2.0 self or vice versa. Uh-huh. It's actually to what extent. Now you apply the continuum concept on both of them. Mm. right? So how much of it on the continuum from 0 to 100%, how much are you embodying your 1.0 self? And on the continuum from 0 to 100%, how much are you embodying your 2.0 self, right? And the goal is just to decrease your 1.0 self of how much you're embodying that character or that version, right? And then just increase the continuum of your 2.0 self.
1: What are things that people can do to better embody their 2.0 self and not get sucked
0: back into their 1.0 self? Really good question. So there's this thing called... I'll, I'll give two very tangible tips to this. Okay. One is a concept called ontological design. Right. Basically, what that means is your environment will design you. Everything around you will design you. Right. A very good example of that is your wardrobe. How do you dress? Right. What kind of jewelry do you wear? Yeah. It's shaping you. It's shaping you. Right, you you will subconsciously look at your environment and go, okay, this I am this kind of person, right? A very good example is, let's say, have you ever put on like a no? Actually, for guys specifically, when you put on a suit, mm-hmm. how do you feel?
1: Yeah, you instantly feel more professional. Ah. There's like a suit of armor, right? Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that is a small example of ontological design. Uh huh. right, so tip one for that is if you want to actually make this happen, tip one, go get rid of everything, everything. I'm talking everything you can think of. Your wardrobe, your haircut, your room, the environment that you're in, maybe even where you're living. Get rid of everything, right? As much as you can, decrease that continuum of your 1.0 self. That represents your 1.0 self. And then go create your 2.0 self. Fill in those new things, so your wardrobe. Fill in with what would your 2.0 self wear.
2: Mm,
0: love it. Right? What haircut does your 2.0 self have? How does your 2.0 self walk, talk? What are their gestures like? Mm-hmm. What is their eye contact like? What does their energy give off? Right? Now we're going to the more intangible, but let's let's go back to intangible. What's the environment like? things like this, even down to your social circles. If you have to distance yourself, then it is what it right? is. I've had to do this multiple times where I'm like, okay, now I don't resonate with the social circle anymore. Right? I have to continue evolving. Yeah. It's hard to do it
1: when it's someone that has been very close to you, but you know they're pulling you in a different direction. And it's not even their fault necessarily. It's just how it is that subconsciously, when you hang out with them, they pull you back to 1.0. Yeah. Is the only way to deal with that is to exit that friendship or distance, like
0: you say? Yeah, so for me, it highly depends on, there's actually a lot of factors. So one is, do I see a future for this relationship? Mm. Whether it's platonic, guy, girl, friendship, like it doesn't, just relationship in general. Is mm. there a future for us? right that's a good question yeah that's one that's question number one because if there is no future well all right bye <laughs> all Right. easy yeah easy like okay. that question is game over and a very good example of that is do i want this person at my wedding i see do i want this person at my child's first birthday right right instantly but, clarifies the exactly. importance that they have to exactly you. And then obviously there's like layers of history and things like that. Like this is, it's a very complex topic, but how I would always dial it down is just one simple question. What feels true to me right now? Period, end of story. And whatever answer comes to you from your higher self, from that question, you have to do.
1: So in the just coming back to your story, when you were in the depths of struggling with confidence and you started going to these workshops and the improv. Yep. Um what felt true to you in that moment? What version were you building for yourself?
0: I was building the version of so at the time I was building the two point how I called it was the 2.0 confident version of me. All right. So which eventually I did. like a year later I became someone completely different. I, I went from you know ex- how <laughs> the funny term I can use is expresso depresso. <laughs> right I went from espresso depresso and not confident and all of those things. Um, objectively not attractive, etc, et etc cetera, et cetera, to a year later I had I was getting like modeling gigs, i was um for like streetwear brands things like that i was yeah just like i started to attract girls again going going out et cetera, et cetera.
1: for someone who might have who's who might be in the same situation yep. where they've lost their confidence either because of a breakup or a personal failure or a business failure um what do you recommend to them to dive back into their confidence because that's that's such a such a crucial part of, like you said, foundation. Yeah.
0: Okay, so your question is, what would I recommend for someone who's lost their confidence to yeah. dive back in?
1: Yeah, someone who's uh, for someone who's lost their confidence and they, they don't know what to do, yep. and uh, they don't know if it's going to be improv that's going to help them or something else, how can they regain their confidence?
0: Good question. First thing is, it's not as simple as, do I just do public speaking or do I just do improv or things like this? The first question to answer is, where in what realm do I not have confidence? What I mean is this. It's situational, right? Is it you're not confident around girls? Or is it you're not confident what, just with yourself? Like some people aren't confident, so they just go get a bunch of girls. They, they do what? Some people aren't confident, uh-huh. right? So let's say they have a void in themselves. Yeah. Like I'm not good enough. So they go just go get a bunch of girls to like fill that in. Right. It could mean that's that situation, mm-hmm. right? Some people aren't confident to, and then they fill it with business achievements. Just. It's very contextual, like where are you, where do you not have your confidence, all right? And a very good question I would always pose is this. I call it tension, all right? Okay, it's this. Let's say there's something you want to do, all right? Let's say you want to go talk to this person or go make this business deal or go make this contact or go talk to this attractive chick, whatever it is, all right? If you are not neutral, like, when you're doing these things, if you are not neutral within you and you feel some sort of tension, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: that is telling you that that is the gap. Does that make sense?
1: That's the spot to work on. That's the spot to work on
0: because there's tension, Mm -hmm. right? You should be neutral, right? Like, you should – there shouldn't be any – there should be no spikes of emotion, like eating breakfast exactly, mm-hmm. right It's just so normal, it's just like eh, whatever is what it is that should how that is how it should be, right, but if there's tension right, then that's telling you, oh, that's what I need to work on
1: right, I see so in in the in your journey, you kept looking for the gap, where is the tension, yeah. and then you kept focusing on improving that gap,
0: yeah, although that tension concept I coined way later, right? That's just in retrospect. At the time I was just starting my journey. I hadn't developed all of these concepts. I hadn't seen where the pitfalls are, right? Um, At the time I was just one step in front of the other. Mm -hmm. That's it. And all I knew was I was not confident with my speaking because I I just lost it. So I thought, all right, where can I go gain gain it back?
1: Why do we get so attached to our old identities, even when we know that we want to break out of them?
0: Okay. Excellent question. All right. That one starts with this. Have you ever wondered why fear is such a strong emotion?
1: Might be something to do with instinct or the reptilian part of us. Yeah.
0: It's okay. It's it's this, right? It's typically because fear is one of those emotions that instead of it's one of those emotions that your your nervous system is honestly taking over. Mm-hmm. Right. So a very good example I will use this as an example. The unknown is so scary because your nervous system feels like it's going to die. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like yeah. it's just not comfortable there. Your nervous system doesn't know any better. Uh-huh. Right. So a very good example is let's say you want to I don't know start a new business. It is the complete unknown. It's not your brain that's doing all this. It's your nervous system. Oh, shit. And you feel it in your body. You just feel it. Mm-hmm. Right? Another example is if you've done public speaking before. Yeah. My fucking God, the first time. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Consciously,
1: you want a certain result, but the unconscious is like, yeah. like you said, your nervous system is just taking going crazy.
0: Yeah. So what needs to happen, right, for us to... So your original question was, why are we so attached? Yeah. It's because we're, fear, we're fearful of the unknown. We, we, so how I visualize it is, imagine your comfort zone, right? Call your 1.0 self that comfort zone. You know what's going to happen. But so not, not mentally. Your nervous system knows what's going to happen. And likes to go back there. Exactly. It feels safe there. It feels safe. Your nervous system just wants to feel safe. Right that's why we are attached because we don't know any better, like if that two point self feels fucking scary right, so the name of the game there is if you can get your nervous system to calm down to and you and you can do these things right there are um exercises and strategies that I do teach, and one of them is to push your boundaries all right excellent example if you were if you are integrating let's say you are becoming your 2.0 self that's more expressive mm-hmm. or you want to become more free in just your like, you want, you want to make friends more easily. All right. You need to push those boundaries. All right. A very good example is let's say, I actually do this all the time where if I'm laughing, especially mm-hmm. in public, I would push it just a little bit more. I would laugh a little bit louder. Just to stretch your comfort exactly. zone. Mm-hmm. Right. Or I would, yeah, just, you, know, you want to stretch yourself and then get to a point where it's just normal, right? And then you can kind of pull back from there. Gotcha.
1: Where are you stretching yourself currently? What's the, I'm curious, what's the current inner, the, the edge for you?
0: Love it. I love it. Okay. So for me right now, this came from... So my my last breakup was actually quite recent. It was end of March 2022, so end of March this year. Right. Not not the same one as what we discussed. Not the same one, different as breakup. Yeah. yeah. So this was. Um, so how I tell the story is the first breakup sent me on the path of yeah. personal development. The second breakup sent me deeper. <laughs> right. So now imagine I imagine what
1: the third one will do. But
0: I, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I'm open to it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm actually open to it. It'll, it'll be very fun. Not at the time though. <laughs> um, so yeah, the last breakup was end of March. Now, the lesson that I learned from that breakup was I needed to build my foundations. Tell me more about that. What I mean by that is this, right? How I like to joke around with people is 2020, 2021 was the year that I became a woman. <laughs> <laughs> right? All right. It's, it's a funny way of enacting it out, but what I mean by that was I had gone too far into the feminine, right? So I've told you about my upbringing, how it was very wise, masculine values from my father. Now that was too far in the masculine, right? Because I just, I had no feelings. I just didn't understand the feelings. I was like happy, sad, and angry. That's it. Right? There was too far in the masculine. After, with this specific relationship, I went too far into the feminine. Meaning I had lost all sense of purpose. I had lost all sense of values, mission. My, my, I was traveling the world for her, like traveling the world for love and all that shit. At the time, I didn't know it though. My social circles were in shambles, everything was just a wreck. Mm. Right. And but here's the here's one of the key points. The things that I was doing to that attracted her to me in the first place, I had to stop doing. Which which a lot of guys do. Right? It's it's a mistake that a lot of guys make.
1: Right? So what were you doing that you stopped doing?
0: Cool. So the things that initially attracted her to me in the first place was I was very, I was driven, right? I was ambitious. I had, at the time, I was working with a digital marketing agent, like a seven-figure digital marketing agency that I started from like an appointment setter and I became their CEO in about a year and a couple months, right? Like I was extremely driven. I was very, very go, 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 go. And I had just lost that. You know? I was more... I had put the relationship above myself. That was where I fucked up. Right? And it's... And the reason why I tell this story is... After that relationship, I had learnt... Okay, cool. It's not this way, and it's not this way. Too far into the masculine, too far into the feminine. To be a healthy fucking masculine, right? I need to integrate both, but I need to come from the essence of the masculine first. Mm-hmm. Tell me, tell me
1: the keys to integrating healthy masculine, healthy feminine. Yeah, and how you did that for yourself.
0: Yeah. So a really good concept that I coined to understand this, right, is imagine a water pipe. Okay, now. In the water pipe, imagine that the pipe is the masculine. It's the thing that creates structure, right? It yeah. creates safety. It creates direction, mm. yeah? And it's just it's just that it's stable, yeah? Now, the water inside the water pipe is the feminine. It's free-flowing. Water is a very nurturing element, right? It's just completely free in its essence it becomes what it like what what the pipe becomes all right and it's chaotic like it's very up and down goes everywhere etc right now how you how i took that to myself was a healthy masculine is this you get your water pipe and you direct it towards your mission meaning this is where i'm going and then the feminine part, the water part, is what like fuels that and makes it stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. Or when you're feeling emotions, you move through the emotions and then you get on with it. Mm-hmm. Right. Meaning, right, a healthy masculine, it's not you don't ignore emotions. Most guys, they ignore their emotions, they don't understand it, they're fearful of it. They're like, what if I open the water gates? Yeah. Or they, or they repress their emotions, they repress their anger, they repress their sadness, they repress their shame, their guilt, everything. All right. That's most guys. Now, a healthy masculine and a healthy guy that's actually in the healthy masculine, what they do is they express their emotions, they move through their emotions, get it out in a productive manner, right? The water pipe in a productive manner. This is the direction I'm going. And then you keep going. You don't wallow in your shame. You don't wallow in your sadness. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And
1: so the second breakup, what did it teach you? And when it happened, were you able to move through it in a way that you hadn't with the first breakup? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had moved through it much faster because I I now had experience, right? But at the time, it was very, of course, it was painful. Mm -hmm. i will will never ever say that a breakup is not painful especially if you're the one being dumped right yeah and if you're still in love and all of those things all right it's really tough i mean it's tough
1: for everyone and yeah there's no there's no denying it yeah even the most integrated man (laughs) is gonna have a tough it's true
0: it's true right but the question then becomes what are the lessons that are at play What are the lessons that I currently at play? Yeah. And what were the lessons for you?
2: Yeah.
0: Mine was I needed to build my foundations. Mm -hmm. I needed to become sovereign in myself. And a really good analogy that I used to like, as you can see, like I use a lot of analogies and concepts, right? A really good analogy I used to explain this is most guys, they stick their umbilical cord into other people. Right. I'll give you an example. They turn their girlfriend into their mother. They still have their umbilical cord into their mom. They have their umbilical cord into their dad to be their their hero. They have their umbilical cord into their big brother, their little brother, whatever the fuck it is. That's my skies. How I say is fuck that. Stick your umbilical cord into yourself. All right? And a very good way to understand this is, your inner feminine nurtures your inner masculine. Your inner masculine provides the safety and the structure for your inner feminine. Mm. Do it for yourself. Period. End of story. Right. That is a sovereign man. I hadn't learned that until, you know, those were the lessons that I played. So previously I hadn't learned that. I was codependent. I was depending on everyone else. Right. I was just in cords everywhere.
1: When you work with your clients today,
0: yep. um, what are the
1: the common struggles you see that young men face today?
0: yeah, really good question so first of all, a lot of them comes down to one it's definitely that they're just not sovereign all right the second one I would say is honestly a lot of the stories. Is shame and guilt. Here's what I mean. The way I explain this is I've I coined the concept called energetic chains, right? And what I mean by that is this: if you have secrets inside of you, if you have things inside of you that you do not want anyone to know, that whenever you think about it again, the tension, right? Whenever you think about it, you feel tension. Right? Let's say there's things that you've done or things that stories in the past you don't want anyone to know you would take that shit to the grave
1: regrets regrets right Mm -hmm.
0: what that is is you are being chained to that Mm -hmm. think about like energy chains right energetic chains you are being chained to that and there's a stake in the fucking ground yeah so how do we
1: get unchained
0: really good question one of the things that i often say to my like students is bring it to the streets
1: Mm
0: -hmm. i saw that in one of your stories (laughs) yeah (laughs) it was i was Oh, that was a great student that he did that yeah 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 yeah. maybe bring up that example yeah so for for this specific student what he did was i I do remember the story you're talking about because it was a couple weeks ago for this specific student he had in his childhood and in in his upbringing right he had people that bullied him and all of these things and they were stories and narratives that he had never moved through right it kept coming up and when i say bring it to the streets what i mean is all of these analogies are great right but this is like bringing it to the skies right mm-hmm. and what i mean by bring it to the skies is it's it's going more woo woo theory theoretical um and you you kind of have to to like understand the like what's under right and then there's another version, I call it Bring to the Streets, which means now we go, we take those concepts and now we put it into actions, into execution, into tangibility, right? And one of the things that, for this specific example of getting rid of energetic chains, is actually extremely simple, right? One of the exercises I teach is this, drop your chains. And what that means is, go open the dialogue that you have been avoiding for 15 years.
2: Mm.
0: Go open the dialogue that you have been avoiding for 5 years, 10 years, whatever it is. Let's say there are people you want to thank. There are people you want to say sorry to. There, uh, a very good example, when I was doing this, my deepest, darkest secrets, I wanted my inner circle to know. Specifically because I wanted them to know who they are dealing with. Turns out, they never... They, and my fear at the time was I, I was fearful that they were going to kick me out of the tribe. Right. They never did. And it's often that if the relationship is strong enough, it will withstand anything that you give them. All right. Was it a relief to
1: share those darker parts of yourself yeah. with your inner tribe? Yeah. yeah.
0: What you will feel is <sighs> relief. It feels like there's a weight off your shoulder. You don't have to hide anymore. I don't have to keep up this ch- stake in the ground that I've been carrying around with me. hmm Right. Like those those cartoon things that we see where people are carrying, you know, rocks behind it. Yeah. Or they're carrying backpacks of fucking bricks. It's just that you drop the brick. Some
1: situations, like I'm thinking of energetic chains where it's not about another person. So there's not necessarily a dialogue to have. It's something that maybe happened to you personally or some regret that there's no conversation that would solve it. Like the regret just is. Yep. How would you recommend dealing
0: with those energetic chains? Really good question. So with the ones where there's no diet, it's, it's not appropriate for a dialogue or there's just no point, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not effective. Let's go back to the effective. It's mm-hmm. not effective. With those ones, what I would do, and I've done this myself as well. You write down the story or the narrative on a piece of paper. You write it down. Everything you remember, every vivid detail you remember about that story, that time, that moment, right? You put on a piece of paper and now what you do is you go, right? You do this as a ceremonial thing, right? Go get a lighter, go get that piece of paper and Burn it, All right? But when you're burning it, burn it with the intention of, I now release myself from this story, mm. and watch. Have you done this with uh, yeah. various things? Yeah, I more so did it with my past selves, and I've done it with my past goals. Mm. Meaning, once I move past those goals, burn a piece of paper, next. Right.
1: Yeah. You mentioned shame and guilt being one of the sort of unconscious um, aspects that men struggle with. How do you deal with shame and guilt? I think it ties into energetic chains as well, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: it does. So with shame and guilt, these days, obviously doing all of this work, I'm, again, it's a continuum, not binary, right? I'm way more free than I was. I would say even a year ago, right? But it's all because of this work. It's all because of releasing this stuff. So shame and guilt, what that often manifests as is for, especially for men these days, for guys these days, right? There are things that sometimes, quite often actually, you don't want the people around you to know or you feel like you're not man enough. Fuck me, this comes up a lot, right? So many guys don't feel like they're man enough. Mm, Okay.
1: So they're struggling with masculinity. Yeah. Or not feeling masculine enough. Yep.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Funnily enough, I had um I had a student message me a testimonial today, and in the testimony, which I was laughing when I was in the cafe because it was just a funny statement. I was I wasn't expecting it. And he was saying how he felt like he was walking around with a limp dick. Okay. <laughs> right. Because right. it's just and if you and what he meant was he he was this he had no power. He had no strength. He had no sovereignty,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? And a lot of guys are actually walking around like that. How do we step into our sovereignty? I would say first things first is the concept of the, the or the analogy that I gave of stick your umbilical cord to yourself, and it can even start with very small things, right? A very good example is. I actually travel around with a blanket. Everywhere I've gone, I travel around with a blanket, right? And it's a huge blanket, FYI. We had a, we were watching on um, the Truman Show with like uh, my friends Lisa, Alexine, like Eram and stuff. The blanket covered all four of us. That's how big this fucking blanket is, right? And the funny part was, before I went to go travel, right, I had bought five blankets, and I had left four of them at home at my parents' house, and I took one of them with me. Specifically, because I wanted the the weight to be a certain thing, I wanted the texture. So I have one on one side; it's like for cold weather. On the other side, it's like fluffy for like hot, hot weather. Mm -hmm. But the point of this blanket is this: I am meeting my own needs for my love language. Right? It's understanding self, like who are you? What needs do you have? And then go meet them yourself. So, what
1: does the blanket provide for you?
0: Physical touch. Physical touch. Yeah. For me, my highest love language need is physical touch. Mm. All right. And I know that. So, the blanket, what it does is it provides that physical touch. It's heavy enough so that I can feel it. Right. And it's soft. It's the texture, like it's fluffy enough where it just feels nice on my skin. Right. Everywhere I've traveled to, I've taken this blanket with me. Eight countries in the last 12 months. Massive blanket. Right. <laughs> Obviously, I put it in a compression, like a vacuum seal. So then I carry it around effectively. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I'm just imagining like
1: yeah. this whole blanket. <laughs> it's huge. Into your yeah.
0: It's huge. Um, but yeah. So I put it in a vacuum seal and then those things. That's, that's one example, right? Of mm-hmm. like meeting your own needs. Other examples are I travel around with a copy of all my important documents everywhere. I have a copy of everything everywhere, literally everywhere. So, for example, I have a copy of my passport on my phone, on my Google Drive, on my laptop, on my hard drive, everything. It's split. And the point is I want to become sovereign in myself. Yeah. Right. I don't need to depend on anyone else. If anything happens, I got this. Mm. That's the mentality you need to have. I got this. I got this. Yeah. Right. You have trust in yourself you know that no matter what happens i got this
1: would you say that's like the the number one change when you look back at your younger self like your 20 year old self versus now is that the current version of you is more sovereign
0: 100% yeah you hit the nail on that. yeah the current version of me again i so just another i i actually haven't said this yet but I've done this process of becoming why my 1.0 self to my 2.0 self. I've done it seven times now in the last five years. So it's point uh, 7.0. 7. 7. 7. All right. And obviously, when you've done it that many times, you, you learn the pitfalls and the lessons along the way. All right. And one of the main differences, I mean, the actually top main difference is definitely that,
1: Well, I've just become sovereign myself. You're not depending on anyone. Nope. No. You're not looking for anyone for love or to get your needs met. Yes. It's just you and you.
0: Yeah. And even tangible-wise, right? After the most recent breakup that gave me the lesson of I need to build my foundations, right? Even tangible-wise, I have every... So I run my life. I call it I run my life like a tight ship, right? And what that means is like even tangible-wise, I have built out my social circles i've built out my network anything i need i have a very good example is on my phone right now right it has a rolodex of like i'm a guy for everything mm-hmm. right a guy for this a guy for cigars a guy for just everything even the small things like laundry service like build out your network build out your social circles like that is being sovereign myself in a very tangible manner right and i know that if i need to do it again i'll just do it again I've done this on like a couple, probably two continents at the moment.
1: Kwa, cool. let's take a a very short break. Yeah. And well, when we come back, I want to talk more about social circles. Sure. <laughs> we were just talking about social circles and your insane Rolodex of connections. <laughs> so tell me, what is the key to building an amazing tribe of people in your life? Yeah. Really
0: good question. Okay, so. Alright, what I teach my students is this, for the students that want to learn social circle stuff. Number one is to know who you are first, which is why we always start with, you know, 1.0 self, 2.0 self, etc. Right? The reason why I say know who you are first is understand your own values. Who are you? And then from there you can go, now what kind of tribe, what kind of social circle do you want to have around you? Can you run me through how you did that process for yourself? Really good question. So, last year, there was a period of time where I was living in Gold Coast, Australia. Right. And for people that don't know uh, Australia too well, Gold Coast is kind of like, I would kind of call it like the mini LA, like the LA of Australia, but Uh it's not, it's just not as big. Right. Everyone there is very, you know, Botox and, and fake tits and all, all of this. Everyone's jacked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Right. That's like one part of Gold Coast. Now, in another part of Gold Coast, there's actually a small, tight-knit community of just spiritual people, right? That are also very wealthy, depending on like if you can find. At the time, that's what I wanted: right? spiritual, wealthy, spiritual, oh. wealthy people. I wanted the integration between spiritual. And business. All right. That's what I liked at the time. Those were my values at the time. Because I was going through a whole journey of like spirituality and consciousness and all of these things. Right. Taking mushrooms for the first time there. Um, attending drum circles, doing DMT, breathworks. That was what I wanted at the time. All right. So my first thought is always what I teach is this. I don't teach little incremental steps. All right, What I teach is, again, effective and ineffective, right? What I teach is just go straight to the fucking top. All right. here's, here's what that means ta- in a very tangible manner. All right. In the community that you want to get into, all right, or in the type of social circles that you want to get into, who are the power players? Does that make sense? Who are the ones that are kind of, like, reigning, like, the top? Running the events or... Exactly. Who, who, connecting exactly. everyone. Exactly. Right. You'll you feel it, too. If, especially if you have a stronger pulse on this skill set. Like, you'll be able to just know. Mm-hmm. Right. But if you if you don't have a pulse on this skill set yet, go to an event. Who is the person that everyone is kind of wanting to meet? Right. Who is the person that has... The most status, or just whatever, right? Who is the person now running the event? Who is the person that's connecting everyone? So
1: when you were in Gold Coast, you sought those people out. Yeah. And then, how do you befriend them? How do you authentically connect with them? Yeah, yeah.
0: The first thing you need to do is have the, don't have the intention of some sort of I'm going to try to befriend you or whatever. Mm. That's the first thing, right? So I' already, I already got around, <laughs> <laughs> so the intention that you actually want to have is just make a relationship uh, that's it no attachment no attachment love it don't don't there is don't walk into it with a transactional value mm-hmm. right This is where you have to be unattached. just a relationship, just a relationship. just be around in the environment where they are, strike a conversation, see what happens. gotcha, all
1: right. Really good perspective, actually. Because yeah. I think a lot of people do try to directly go for, I must become really good friends with this person. Yeah. But that's an agenda-based. People can based. feel
0: it. Mm. People can feel it. Yeah. Right? Like, ne- uh, the neediness? Exactly. People feel it off you. Like, humans are so good. Because er, in an evolutionary perspective, right? humans have to be good at determining agendas. Because millions or thousands, a hundred thousands of years ago, if you weren't and you got double-crossed, you could die.
1: Yeah. So we're constantly reading body language. Exactly. Energy. Exactly.
0: Mm. You can tell, right? Like you can tell when someone is in a conversation with you versus they're everywhere else. Yeah. You can just tell. So
1: step one is build a relationship. Just build a Unattached. relationship. Unattached.
0: Unattached. Mm-hmm. Start a conversation. Find things that you you have in common. All right authentically build a, don't and don't have the intention in your mind oh I'm going to authentically build this relationship what you need to do is just detach right just and the so the intention should be make a friend make a friend make a friend it should be very innocent mm-hmm. right because it's in that way it becomes very funnily enough what you want which is authentic which is organic, right? A real relationship. Does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. right. So that's step one. No, that would be step two. Because, no, actually, finally, that would be step three. Because step one would be know who you are. Step two is what kind of social circles you want around you, what values do they have. And then step three is who are the power players? And then go and make friends with them in a very unattached manner.
1: And once you're in the circle, then things just flow to you
0: naturally. Yes and no. The reason why I say yes and no is... Okay, so the reason why I have a Rolodex on my phone, I'm just a guy for everything or people, or high like value network, or like just network in general, is I had the intention of building it. What that means is this. After the most recent breakup, blah, 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 learnt I need to build my foundations. So one of the embodiments that I had for my 7.0 self is to be well-connected. And that was a core intention that drives all your actions. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. And when you have the embodiment, the actions will kind of flow through from there. Right. And the actions that I had was every time I met someone, I would put them on my phone, I would put their thing in brackets, right, and then I'll be like, this guy, Bali, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Knows this, does this. Yeah, knows this, does this. And then it was just, it's just a good note for me, mm-hmm. right? So then whenever I think of two people that would like connect, I'll be like, oh, okay, cool. That would be a good connection for them to make, right? And then that's that's one way of like providing value to like your, your circle. Is becoming a connector. Becoming a connector of either people or things. And what I what I mean by things is this. Even laundry service, all right, like to your door laundry service, I have it on my phone, laundry, barley, plug one. Uh-huh. And then I call them like plug one, plug two, plug three, plug four, plug five, whatever, for right. like multiple things. So if you just type in plug on my phone, right? And that's with like everything. Drivers have drivers, right? Have cooks, have... Anything you can think of, a very good people to like take note of is bodyguards, managers, owners of places. Make friends with them.
1: Someone who is like a manager or a yep. bodyguard, they must have people approaching them all the time. Uh, because, and they're busy. They often get needy people or people with agendas. Yep. And so even when you come with an innocent intention, you can be rebuffed because you're one of the many, Right. Is there, uh, do you experience
0: that or how do you get past that? Yep. It depends on the intention that I have. For example, let's say I'm going to a party, like some kind of high value party, and I know that the guest list is closed, which has happened before, where I can get in, but but let's say, because I'm already on the guest list, Mm -hmm. but let's say I want to bring a friend along, right? This exact situation has happened before, like roughly six weeks ago. I wanted to bring a friend along to a party because I I had a friend coming into town, coming into Bali. He texted me. and was like, hey, I'm coming to Bali. I'm like, cool. Because he's in my inner circle, he's in my, I call it my soul tribe. Because he's in my soul tribe, I take care of the people who are in my soul tribe. I knew that he was coming to Bali. So I was like to him, cool, you're going to come here. You're going to come to this party because I know he likes to party. Um, And he's a DJ as well. So So you're going to come to this party? I have a bag of mushrooms for you. (laughs) All right. I had it prepared. I had everything. I was like, just come here. The guest list is closed. Don't worry, I'll get you in. All right. In that situation, right, what I would do is immediately when you go there, you need to make friends with the bodyguard or the managers, right? And a good way to just do that is when everyone just, let's say, for example, everyone goes into a club or everyone goes into whatever, and they all just constantly—they just—they just walk past the bodyguard. They just walk past the manager. Dude, go stand there. Go talk to them for like 10 minutes.
1: Just to make a connection. Just to make a
0: connection. mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? And you can do, when you get good at this, you can do it in a way that's very authentic. Because it just comes off, it just comes off very authentically. Like a very good example is if I ever meet someone that's into tattoos, right? I love tattoos when in January, I'm going to get tatted by, I'm going to go to Spain and get three tattoos, right? Mm -hmm. All in like seven days, have my arm covered. But the point with that is if anyone ever says that they like tattoos, I bring up my favorite tattoo artists. I show them the like specific things I like and you will see my reaction. It's very authentic. That's a very good example of like just connecting with, with the bodyguard. Whatever common ground you can find, All right? Bring it up, bring up a story. Talk to them, etc.
1: What is the key to good social skills? Let's say someone does not feel confident yep. in their social skills. They want to be gregarious. They want to be charismatic. Yep. How can they step more into their charisma? Yep.
0: So. With that, the first thing that it honestly comes down to, it's not a very sexy answer. It's just not. Most of this comes down to the fundamentals. And what I mean by the fundamentals is, again, who are you? Mm -hmm. So it all comes back to who are you? Exactly. comes back to who are you, right? Your 2.0 self that you want to create, are you embodying that? Because from there, everything stems out of that. All the energy stems out of that. Right. An excellent example is one of the things that I have in my in my current embodiment of my 7, 7.0 self is whenever I'm speaking to someone, I want them to feel all of my love, all of my attention, all of my energy. It's with you. Present. Present. That is one of the greatest gifts you can give someone.
1: So it's like all a right? tenant in your oh, 7.0 100%. version.
0: Yeah. All right. And you can feel this energy of me. Yeah. Right? But it's like, it's not an attached, again, it's not an attached energy. Most of this stuff, you want to have the intention and disconnect. What what do you mean mean? by disconnect? Meaning a lot of this stuff, you want to have the intention and not be so, you you don't want to have a tight grip around it. Mm. You you don't want to be like, oh, I need to be this charismatic person or this confident person. I need to be this 2.0 self. Uh Yeah, That's going to screw you over. Because people can feel... You're giving your own self needy energy.
1: So, the exact opposite. The exact of what opposite. Want. Yeah.
0: Right. And he's he, actually another way to describe it is would your 2.0 self come out from this with this energy? Would they be needy about being themselves? Mm. They wouldn't.
1: So, it kind of comes back to being yourself, but defining what that self is.
0: Yeah. Define it. Right so okay so in my in what I teach with my students I have this thing called the magic 3 all right what that means is this a lot of what I teach so that it becomes digestible for them and simple enough that they can use in their daily life I put it down to three pillars three magic th- right three magic sh- stuff one is this one is you have to clear the vessel What I mean by clearing the vessel is you've got to clear your old self. Clear all the stories, the narratives, the energetic chains, the masks, all of it.
1: Drop the masks.
0: Drop them all. All right. Number two is design your 2.0 self. Designer. Who is it? Who are they? Again, right, which is what I mentioned previously. How how does your 2.0 self walk? How do they talk? How do they speak? What is their life like? What is their dating life like? All right. How do people feel around them? What do they do in their daily life? Bang, 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 bang. You want to design all of it. Pillar number three is this. All right. Maintain how your 2.0 self thinks, feels, and acts, plus unattachment. Meaning, now that you've designed your 2.0 self in the second pillar, The third pillar is to how does that 2.0 self think, feel, and act, right? Mm -hmm. At every single moment. And then while you're doing it as well, be unattached. Unattached to the results? Unattached to the results. Unattached to even you doing it. Mm -hmm. Meaning you don't want to grip on it so, so goddamn hard. It's (laughs) sounds
1: (laughs) It's sounds sexual. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit, yeah, a little bit. It, uh, You made me think of maybe the reason why breakups hurt so much is that we invariably get attached. We do. And then the unattachment comes uh, kind of like a surprise to us. Yeah. yeah. Is there a way to be in a relationship with someone deeply committed, perhaps, but not attached to
0: them in that... Unhealthy way. Yep. So, for this one specifically, take it with a huge grain of salt, right? Um, and the reason why I say that is I've spent most of my life single. Mm. I've been in two men' relationships, right? So, I would not be the expert on this topic, right? But for my personal point of view of what I've learned so far is I would put – for men specifically, to not be like attached to the relationship and things like that, right? You need to put uh, put your mission above your relationship. So the mission
1: must come first. The mission must come first.
0: Always. What is your mission today? Really good question. So mission, all right, it's not the same thing as vision. This is how I explain it, right? Vision is the thing that, when I say bring up to the skies, it's that. It's the thing that's a lot more intangible, a lot more, in in, in the NLP world, it's called chunked up, but it's just a lot, a lot more intangible, right? Mission is the thing that's bring it to the streets. It's very tangible, right? It's very, like, you can put numbers to it. A very good example is, whenever you're playing, uh, whenever it's... You, you know, like COD and Call of Duty and all of those things, right? Mm-hmm. When when they say mission objective, it's literally like, go do this, one, two, three. You know? that Like, how do you know you got your mission completed? Mm-hmm. All right? So, my mission today is, it's honestly scaling this business and it's getting my body up to a point where I'm happy with it. Gotcha. There are obviously numbers to it, right? And that has become the mission everything else it's secondary everything dating social life just everything is just secondary to that
1: yeah yeah you put your mission first you
0: have to put your mission first
1: so that three-step process is figure out or sorry clear clear the vessel clear the vessel Figure out your 2.0 version. Yep.
0: Design your 2.0 self. Then maintain, maintain. actions and
1: behaviors and thinking of that yep. 2.0 exactly. self. While remaining unattached. Exactly. Gotcha. What is the challenge that you see with your clients? Where do they struggle the most
0: in those three steps? Yep. The third one. Maintaining. Maintaining. Mm-hmm. The reason why is as you're maintaining, you will face a lot of Let's let's go back to the the concept of the continuum with your 1.0 self and your 2.0 self. They both have a continuum, yeah?
1: And each one is kind of tugging at you, right? Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Your 1.0 self wants to stay alive. It's still like your normal behaviors. All right. A very good example is let's say your 1.0 self doesn't go to the gym and your 2.0 self does. Great example, yeah. Right. How many times would, oh, I don't feel like it right now there's a, this little bit of tug of war
1: that's the 1.0 that's the 1.0
0: that. pulling your 2.0 wants to go to the gym 1.0 does it 2.0 right. is
1: saying get off your ass yeah
0: get off your ass let's go do this yeah. let's go get jacked whatever, whatever right that is typically the most difficult um but the thing that drives a lot of my students is just honestly how bad do you want it that's one and the second one is that I always say is what standards do you uphold for yourself? Mm. You have to make your 2.0 self your standard. Bang. I do not do anything below this. A very good example is this, right? For me personally, I start. So how I integrate like the masculine and feminine, I- even into my schedule, like this is how I bring it to the street, into my schedule, right? On weekdays from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. all the way to 6 p.m. It's masculine intention. Meaning, I start my day. I wake up, meditate, um, do my self-image work, like all of this stuff. Go, go work, train about two. And the reason why two is at three, I know that my body is going to dip, like natural circadian rhythms. I'm going to lose energy, right? So what I'm doing with the gym is, I'm counteracting that a little bit, right? So I come out of the gym. A little bit more, you know, more energy, some counteracting my circadian rhythms just a little bit. But from three to about five, because I know my body's going to dip, anyways, I just go go with it. I'm mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm just going to dip. After about six p.m. is the feminine, like that's where the feminine can come in, meaning I can have spontaneous dinners, potentially date nights. Um, if friends want to go do something, cool, I'll make go it with talk. the flow. Go with the flow until about. Roughly 10 p.m. Right. Where I meditate, plan the next day, etc. That's Monday to Friday. Saturday and Sunday are the inner feminine days where I have no structure. Nada. And that's by design that's to f-
1: give your feminine a chance to, exactly. to flow. Exactly. I'm
0: that's by design to nurture my inner masculine and nurture my inner feminine. So all of these things that I'm saying, there are ways to, there are the bring it to the skies, this is the theory, Now this is how you tangibly use it.
1: I love that phrase, bring it to the skies, the theory, bring it to the streets. For the chunk
0: down, like, the t- tangible. tactical. Yeah. yeah.
1: So that's a really good way of balancing the masculine and the feminine. You're five days nurturing the masculine, two days nurturing
0: the feminine. Yep. And even on the, the weekdays, I'm about two to three hours of nurturing the feminine in, in the evenings. mm
1: Yes. Do you ever find like when you get into a work state, like a work zone, you want to keep that masculine momentum going all seven days? Because sometimes I get into that workaholic mood where I don't want to let up and I want to keep going, keep going, keep going, not even stop for a day.
0: Yeah, that does happen quite often. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It does happen quite often, especially when you are doing what we do. When you're driven with your mission. Exactly, Mm -hmm. right. But I force, I kind of force myself to rest. And I, okay, so one of my, for my 7.0 self, one of my embodiments, right, one of the traits that I have is I call it the switch. What that means is I can turn on and off at any moment, All right? Meaning if we were to get into serious mode, I can. If we were to get into fun mode, I can. get, Let's into, get into fun mode. You want to get into fun mode? <laughs> we can get into fun mode whenever, All right? but so like it's it's always like, so i have that trait right a very good example is like at the bonfire we were at yes yeah um but yes you were doing some improv yeah right.
1: <laughs> unbeknownst to the other
0: person <laughs> <laughs> the, the audience doesn't know what we're talking about but yeah yeah 100 um so that's that's where if I need to rest, like if I say I'm gonna rest, I'm gonna fuck. It, I'm gonna switch into rest mode. I don't do anything in the gray zone. It's just not gonna happen.
1: That's a great point because so many times we get sometimes we get stuck in the gray zone, and that's unsatisfying for masculine and unsatisfying exactly. for men. This is nothing. And so your solution is have a clear hard cut between: yeah. Yeah. Am I resting? Am I working? Yeah. Am I surrendering, or am I driving the ship?
0: Exactly. Yeah. Right. And the the phrase that I always use for this is I'm, I'm either all in or I'm all out. Mm. In a relationship, I'm all in or I'm all out. In a friendship, I'm all in or I'm all at.
1: In a podcast.
0: I'm all in or I'm all out. <laughs> I love it. Right? It's, it's, that's a much more masculine way to go about it too. Yeah.
1: You know? Who are the people that inspire you the most?
0: Ooh. In what context?
1: In life, in the way they live their life in the way they achieve their mission? Either someone you know or someone you don't know. Are there people that, when you look at their vision and their mission, you feel inspired?
0: With this, I actually do things slightly differently. I actually don't look up to... Okay. The concept is this. All right. The analogy. (laughs) (laughs) The analogy is this. right. People are made up more by what they do in secret than what they do in public. Mm Mm-hmm. You are made up by what you do in secret more than what you do in public. It's the small moments that make or break you, right? A very good example is when you're waking up and you're going, fuck, I don't want to meditate.
1: That's the moment where you're... Where you're created. Where you're created. Where you're made. Mm
0: -hmm. Right? happened this morning to me. I was like, fuck it, fuck it, I'm going to do it. Happens all the time to everyone, right? And the reason why I say this analogy now is I don't look up to real-life, quote-unquote real-life people as much, except for maybe like one, which is like Charlie Munger, because I like his frameworks of thinking, right? But I more so look up to characters that embody traits that I want, specifically because in the show or in the series or in the movie or whatever, right? You can see what they do in secret. Does that make sense? You yeah, can yeah. see when the shit hits the fan, what the fuck do they do? Uh-huh. Right? What do they do? How often does this happen where you can see when shit hits the fan, you can see what someone else does in real life? Almost fucking nada. Even when they're vlogging, it's like... It's the highlights of it's their... It's the highlights day. of the vlog, mm-hmm. you know? I want to see that shit. Shit what do hits you do? the fan moment. Yes. So
1: who are some fictional heroes or movies that have inspired you in that yeah, way? really good
0: question. One of them is, have you watched The Blacklist before?
1: Oh, I think you've mentioned that to me. I have not. Yeah.
0: So The Blacklist, it's basically a series about the number one criminal in the world. He partnered up with the FBI to essentially arrest the criminals, right? And save his ass. It's a little bit more complicated, but right. yeah. So, uh-huh. um, but the point is, he's the number one criminal in the world, most notorious criminal, known as the concierge of crime. Now, the reason why I like him as a character and I've used him as an embodiment for a long time is he is well connected in everything. He mm-hmm. has a guy for everything, mm-hmm. he has a network that is huge. He's built himself full sovereignty. He has his own medical teams. He has his own backup plans. He has his own, when shit hits the fan, what is the plan? And he's created all of this. Like literally there there were episodes where he got shot, right? And his team around him go, all right, call up this. Um, they immediately went into just plan XYZ.
1: They had a plan ready. To they
0: go. had a plan ready. They had a warehouse ready. They had doctors ready that went to that warehouse. They had money prepared, et cetera, et cetera. And that like, inspires you. Yes, mm-hmm. it's complete sovereignty, right? Yeah. Like, that is complete sovereignty. You built yourself your own your own thing and you have a plan for everything. So, like, that is one of the characters. Another character is that I'm actually currently embodying as well is Tarzan,
2: mm.
0: right? Specifically because this is where like, the, the Bring It to the Streets come into play, right? So Raymond Reddington, to me, or oh, his name is Raymond Reddington, right? To me, he represents the luxury. He represents the world connected. He represents that world to bring it to the skies, right? Now, Tarzan, he represents to me, bring it to the streets. Get your nails dirty. Go through the pain. Go through the struggle. Go through the hard times, Mm -hmm. right? It's the streets. Yeah. You've talked about
1: also this idea of like balancing the fancy with the down to the streets.
0: Yeah, You have to. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing as balancing the masculine with the feminine. The answer is not one or the other. The answer is both at the appropriate time. So
1: are you embodying Tarzan right now or Remy?
0: Oh, this guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Love it. All right. Like, oh, an excellent example is um, Birkenstocks. I bought Birkenstocks specifically because it it works with those those, those embodiments. So it's represents to me luxury and that kind of things, right? But also, I can take them off and I can just walk around barefoot on the grass, on the concrete, on rocks, walk around barefoot, and then go towards Tarzan. So it's kind of switching between the two modes. Which comes back to the switch uh, switch embodiment.
1: Everything connects. Have you read The Alter Ego Effect?
0: Uh, By Todd Herman? Yes. Yeah, I
1: have. It reminds me of some of the concepts that he talks yeah. about where you it, you wear something that reminds you of a character that you want to embody and that that in turn shapes your character and shapes you, your identity. Yep,
0: yep, yep. I've read it and, and I've used it before. It's helpful to some extent. Yep. Mm. Yeah.
1: What are the lessons that you've learned
0: from Charlie Munger? <laughs> so one of the things that I'm currently embodying in my journey at the moment is I am no longer really taking wisdom from twenty-year-olds, thirty-year-olds, forty-year-olds, things like that. I am now taking wisdom from old men. What I mean by this is, I want to see what the greats have done, right? Which is why I'm currently reading the the, the alum, uh, poor man's almanac of Charlie Munger. I'm going to get to reading Ben Benjamin Franklin, right? Ab- Abraham Lincoln, all of these things. Because I, I want to see what they did behind the scenes. When it was in secret, where you were made up of, what did you do? Mm,
1: coming back to that, what do you what you do in secret is who you really are. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Right. And their biographies, they're, 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 it's either their biographies or autobiographies, someone of them would tell me, right? So one of the things that I learned from Charlie Munger, which I love, he has a concept called instead of finding out what he's going to do, what he first does is he finds out what not to do. Right? Mm-hmm. And his quote for that is, I just want to know where I'm going to die, so I just don't go there. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking funny-ass quote, but it's true. Right? And how I put that into a more tangible analogy to use for myself is, let's say there's a chessboard. Right? Let's say there's a hundred moves on the chessboard that you can possibly do. Obviously, there's way more, but let's just make it simpler. Now, now, Let's say you just cut out the shit moves, all right. So, you cut out the bottom 50% of the moves. Now, no matter what you choose, it's going to be a good move, more or less.
1: How do you make that decision? How do you, in
0: a tactical way, how do you do that in life? In a more tangible manner? Yes. Okay, cool.
1: The chessboard of your life. Yeah. How are you doing
0: that? Really good question. Let's say you boil it down to... This is a new gym. Gym, gym is a very easy example that most people can comprehend, All right? What are the bottom fifty percent of the moves in in getting the your goal of being gaining muscle mass? Now, the bottom fifty percent don't go to the gym, don't eat, <laughs> All right, or eat too much. That would be like bottom fifty percent. Cool. So if I don't do that, and if I just go to the gym a little bit. And if I just eat relative, whatever your goal is, either cal- calorie surplus or calorie deficit, right? I'm obviously not a master at this, like, I'm integrating this at the moment, right? Whatever it is, obviously there are better moves than others, like f- move 51 could be eating, having a protein shake. Move 95 could be eating protein straight from the source of a steak. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah like obviously just
1: cutting out those just
0: cutting out the shit moves the shit
1: moves so that was one major lesson from Charlie Munger from Charlie Munger
0: yeah I I want the wisdom of old people yeah because they've already been through it what did you learn Right. and what it does tactically as well which I fucking love this is you get to live multiple lifetimes through other people through other people I can take the wisdom of an old man and I can put it to who I am now And then I can live, because think about it, if you're going to have this wisdom anyways when you're 90, why wait? Mm, Why not learn it now? Why not learn it now? I'll just skip all the fucking lessons. Yeah. Bang, bring my 90-year-old self to now. Have that wisdom now, and I get to physically live more years with the wisdom of an old man.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Game over.
1: Do you also surround yourself in real life with 60, 70, 80 year old, successful yeah. uh, people that inspire you?
0: Not currently, but I would love to. Mm-hmm. Um, just the only reason not currently is there's just not that many people in Bali who are like that. Yeah. That are like on that level. On that level mm-hmm. of the ones, the ones that I want to surround myself with. What about your your mentors? What kind of age range have they been in? Yeah, really good cool question. So my mentors, okay. So, funnily enough, with me, I've always been around people who are older. All right. I'm typically the, bi- biologically wise, I'm typically like the baby in the group. All right. Just because my, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking funny to think about. Just because my mentality is just a lot further ahead than 25 year olds. And yeah. I'm trying to not be conceited about it, but it's just, it, it is what it is. And my mentors have often been years ahead of me, so either 27 or 41 or 45, like that age age range.
1: Gotcha. What have you learned from Ray Dalio's work?
0: (laughs) Yeah. So with Ray Dalio, one of the things that I loved about his work is the concept of principles. All right. And how how I explain it is this, okay? With everything, there are principles and there are tactics, right? And the analogy that I use is, let's say there's a a pendulum, right? Think think of a pendulum, like a ball is swinging, and then there's it's a touch to a wall, right? Now the analogy that I use is this: imagine that the pendulum represents the tactics. It is forever changing. It's the most obvious, right? And it's just it's literally that, like it's forever changing and it's the most obvious, right? Now the principles itself is the string that's attached to the wall. What is it? It's timeless, it never changes, it's the most subtle. Right, and so
1: you go after the principles. I go
0: after the principles. Mm-hmm. A very good example to see this out is, okay, how did humans communicate? Because I I'd, I'd love communication, obviously. How did humans communicate? hundreds of thousands of years ago. We started using very simple words, right? And then we started having a, a little, and then fast forward a couple thousand years or whatever it was, we started developing more complex language. Fast forward another couple, couple thousand years, carving uh, stones into you know, walls, right? Mm-hmm. Creating stories. Fast forward a little bit more, like another couple hundred thousands of years, we, we had writers, right? And we had writers going from one, one village to another. Fast forward, whatever, Falcons, fast forward another couple of hundred, maybe let's say 300 years ago, right? Yeah. We had boats, people were sending letters on boats, right? Now about a hundred years ago, radio, TV, right? Phone. Now these days, Twitter, TikTok, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever. The point is communication has always changed. Those are the tactics, right? What I always go for is the principles. What is the principle that has never changed? In, that, in this question, the principle is human communication. Human connection. Human connection. Mm-hmm. Psychology. Stories. That will never change. Ever.
1: It's just being funneled through different mediums. Exactly.
0: All right? And the thing to understand, an, another visualization to understand there is if you think about the principles are umbrellas. If you learn the principles you learn everything else. You learn everything under the umbrella. So in every topic that I find I always go look for the principles, I learn that and I'm set. Right, and that, that I learned from like Ray Dalio.
1: What is the link between charisma and inhibition? Interesting. It seems to me that part of charisma is lack of Inhibition, lack of um, putting limits on yourself of what you can do and can't do. And that the most charismatic people are uh, the most free internally.
0: I would say the most charismatic people are the most comfortable. Mm. It starts with being comfortable with yourself. Mm -hmm. All right. Think about it this way. Honestly, the most charismatic body language you can have is just the most comfortable body language. Right? You're just comfortable. You're making yourself comfortable. If you want to manspread or whatever the fuck they call it, do it. Why not? Right? If you want to lean back, do it. Right? If you want to be more smooth or whatever with your hand gestures, do it. Mm. Right? It's... About being comfortable, right? That's, that's first. After you get comfortable with yourself, everything comes out from that. Meaning, you become comfortable with making jokes, bantering with people. You become comfortable with just making friends very easily. You become comfortable with speaking very easily or, like, in a group setting. Like, a very good example was when we were at that steak dinner and I can just tell a story to the whole table. Yeah. It's comfortable.
1: So the key is to keep increasing your comfort zone. Yes. That's what makes someone
0: magnetic? Yes. The reason why someone is magnetic, right, in this context, in this question, is they are free. Everyone wants that. People are attracted to this trait of just when someone is just there, they're just comfortable. You know, you can tell that they're not hiding or they're not, trying to be one way or the other. They don't care. They're just them. They're just them. Everyone wants that. The thing that you want becomes the like things that, that's attracting you.
1: Is there really such a thing as introversion and extroversion?
0: What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts are very different to what other people would say. For me... And I've lived through this and I've been through this, and my students have learned this and it works for them too, right? Is that you are everything under the sun. Right.
1: That's the fascinating part that I, when we were talking about this earlier.
0: Yeah. I don't believe in introversion, extroversion. Not only do I not believe it, I've lived out this lesson for myself, right? It doesn't exist. Your personality traits, you are everything under the sun, right? I'll give you a very good example. In some contexts, in some situations, you are confident. In others, you are shy. In some, you are good with women. In others, you are not. In some, you are good at public speaking. In others, you are not. And they're all facets of you. They're all facets of you, right? It's very similar to you experience every emotion under the fucking sun. Mm -hmm. Shame, guilt, happiness, sadness, sorrow, joy, love. You experience them all. Personality traits are the same thing. You have them all. But what people fuck up at is that they attach themselves to one. I am an introvert. I am an extrovert. I am confident. I am not confident. Whatever it is. Even saying I am confident, you've kind of fucked yourself. How so? Think about it this way. Everything has pros and cons. right? So one of the things that I was... I'm very well versed like, just because I was into it for a long time, is personality traits. Oh, no, it's personality tests, right? So there's this test that's one of the best in the world. It's Myers-Briggs is fucking baby work, <laughs> right? MBTI is just baby. Don't tell it to my friend Will. He's, <laughs> he's obsessed with <laughs> it. Does he love that stuff? <laughs> I mean, I can talk about it, but it's just, it's not that. If you want to get deep into this, mm-hmm. like the best, the best that you can go is Hexaco. 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 Okay. Right. How do you it, spell that? H E X C O. Hexaco. No. H E X A C O. Right. And it's one of the most peer reviewed, researched fucking personality tests in the world. Right. The point is on that personality test, there's a trait called neuroticism. And what neuroticism means is like a high sense of anxiety. All right, you just get anxious very easily, right? You have a low tolerance for pain, hmm. right? Now, there are pros and cons to that. It doesn't, personality traits are not good or bad. They're not one, you would think that being confident in everything is actually good. It's actually not, right? There are pros and cons. Think about it this way. If we were at a safari trip, Right, Where you where you were the person who was leading the fucking, or I was the person who was leading the fucking, um, the, the group. And there are lions and tigers and all that around us. And we're in tall grass. You can't see anything around you. And I'm cutting everything with a machete. You would not want someone who has low level neuroticism. They, 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 just, don't get, they just don't get anxious easily. Mm, you want someone who's a little bit. Who's high level neuroticism. Oh. They will keep you safe. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, one, because they have, again, they need to have the training, of course, but you, you want someone with the traits of high-level neuroticism because they will be like, oh, shit, don't go there, don't go there. Oh, I saw that little footprint there that looks like a fucking lion's footprint.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? Someone who has a high-level, uh, I mean, a low-level neuroticism who doesn't get anxious very easily, they would kind of oversee these things. They're not, they're not looking for it. They just don't get anxious easily. Now we're going in, in a different context. Now, if you want someone that is a good speaker, a good public speaker, what do you want? You want the opposite, right? If you want someone with, um, like a good public speaker, you want someone with a low-level neuroticism who's very comfortable and doesn't get anxious easily, you don't want the high-level neuroticism. And the key, I think, that you were mentioning is that all those
1: facets are inside of us to a degree, right? So it's... uh... Which aspect of ourselves do we bring out in the context that we need? Yes, which goes back to
0: effective and ineffective. Uh There is no good or bad trait. It doesn't exist. It's effective and ineffective traits for the situation at hand. Yeah. Right. And a very good example is, let's say you are at a dinner, a group dinner, and you're just networking or whatever. Right. There is no chance that it will be effective to bring your introverted side out. It's just not effective. You bring your extroverted side out, right? That is effective. Now, let's say you are doing deep work. Now you need to do the opposite. You need to bring out your introverted side that is more introspective and more reflective and more all of these things out. You don't bring the extroverted side out. That needs fucking stimulation.
1: Is it easy for you to bring out those sides or is it something that you had to learn? I had to learn it. Yeah. And what are the main sort of
0: lessons or techniques that you've learned to do yeah. that? Yeah. The key thing to do is embody the idea of switch. Meaning, and, and this takes practice, right? Meaning you can be serious one moment and then become fun next moment. Become introverted one moment, become extroverted another moment. Literally within a couple seconds. All right and you can do there are tactical ways to do this as well like a very good example is you can use your body to find your anchors all right here's here's what i mean okay i have in my phone i have a notepad of all of my anchors if i want to get into thinking mode i just do this okay and i, that I, I know i'm gonna be up. thinking and it brings out my thinking Right. But you don't create these anchors. You are already doing this. You already have anchors. You just need to find them, write them down, and just go, oh, that's my switch for nut mode. So let's say you wanted
1: to bring out your fun side. What's your anchor for that? A straight back. A straight
0: back? Yep. Straighten up my back, shoulders back. That's huh. that's my anchor for that. And
1: it's something that you just discovered, like you were looking for the anchor, yes. but it was already there. It, was it wasn't already- something you created. All of
0: these anchors are within us. Mm -hmm. You have every fucking anchor for everything within you. You just need to be self-aware enough to realize, okay, I'm experiencing this at this moment. What anchor do I have? Right, like what am I doing? And another example is if I want to bring out my speaking side, the anchor that I have is this. So really
1: good technique there is to keep a list of all the anchors that you exhibit with the state that it corresponds to. You said yes. so you have like 50 of these on your in your notes or I
0: probably have at this rate fifteen. Fifteen, yeah. Yeah. And I have all of the modes. So if I want to go in thinking mode, if I want to go into um visualizing mode, uh-huh. like there's there's this thing in NLP called like eye patterns. Right. So visual if I'm looking up, it's it's visuals. I'm mm. I'm going into I'm using my brain to visualize something. Yeah. You can learn learn all of these things, um, but you you don't even have to get that complex with it. Just be self aware within yourself. All right. And just look in, inside. Just look inside.
1: What do you already do? Talk to me about the aura expansion technique.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, this technique, what it is, is I developed this after feeling a sense of contraction. Here's what I mean, right? Let's say you were in a situation where you don't feel ex- you don't feel like you're free, like you feel like you're contracting and you will know. You will just know. Right? Let's say you're you're at a party and you're like, oh shit, I'm not free at the moment. I'm like, why Your am I intention. Yeah, why am I tense? Right. What aura expansion is is I developed this technique where you just And I took it from, um, I took the lessons from like a meditation practice, right? And I just implemented it in a different industry where you kind of imagine your aura, right? Because everyone has an aura around them and you expand that aura around you. Just imagine it expanding. And then you can expand it around the room, around the building that you're in, the country, the world. You can expand it as far as you want, right? And, what, and you will feel it instantly.
1: The expansion of it.
0: You will feel yourself, yeah, the expansion of you. Uh-huh. You will just feel yourself expanding. Your energy becomes lighter. Right? So it's a
1: visualization.
0: It's technique. a visualization
1: technique. Right. And you can do it anytime, any place. Yep. Just takes a couple of
0: seconds. Just take a couple of seconds, yeah. And, you will feel, and people will feel it off you. The funny part is, like after I've taught this to my students, they come back to me and they go, "Oh, I did that at a party, and then this guy walked up to me, this girl walked up to me, or like the most attractive person or the most high-status person walked up to them." That is not uncommon.
1: So the technique is: close your eyes, close your eyes, feel your aura,
0: feel it, and then expand it while you're breathing out,
1: and sort of feel the aura going further and further out of you. Yep. Mm. Really cool, man. Let's take a little break. And when we come back, I want to talk about
0: psychedelics. For sure. Let's do it. (laughs) it.
1: Tell me about your first psychedelic experience and how did it change you?
0: (laughs) Cool. My first one was a very interesting experience. So the first psychedelic I ever did was mushrooms, right? And... Funnily enough, at the time, I did it around like a drum circle. It was like a very spiritual um, drum circle kind of thing. And then with like very spiritual people and things like that. Now, a little bit of context, right? At that time, this wasn't even too long ago. This was a year ago, last June, July, something like that. At that time, I had a huge fear of dancing. It just wasn't comfortable for me, right? Like, whenever I had to I was in an environment of dancing, I just my body would freeze up, you know. And I think a lot of guys are, are like this, especially when you feel like someone's watching you, or exactly. No one, no one really is, no but one you cares. feel that, yeah, but you feel it, uh-huh. you know. And a lot of guys are actually like this, right? <laughs> and I and I know it because they they tell me after I tell them the story that they tell me so. I had a huge fear of dancing. I would just freeze up. All right. But then that first time I took mushrooms, I was just dancing at the um, um, drum circle. All right. And then we kept going. Like the night just kept going. And then we went all the way to midnight where we we were <laughs> we were around in a circle, right? Everyone had guitars and bongos and things like that. And we were just chanting, right? Mm. And this was like my spiritual phase we were, and we were just chanting. The best part about that was that I knew in that moment in time, I knew I would never see these people ever again, just because most of them were like on the road or like living van life, or they were a student coming in from another country and they were li- literally leaving the next day, or something like that. All right? I knew I would not see them again, and that actually made the moment so powerful. How often do you meet people that you know you're not going to meet again?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So it frees you up. It frees you up. Mm-hmm. All right? So I knew I wasn't going to meet them again. And then I was just completely dancing, completely free, completely whatever. The thing that happened after that was completely unexpected. I just kept dancing. I had the dancing bug. I just kept dancing, kept being free, kept just doing whatever. Now, you, there are many videos of me just singing karaoke on the street. And this would not have happened
1: before. Well, no. And do you think the mushrooms were instrumental in oh, 100%, changing
0: oh 100%. There's something about mushrooms that I, have, I don't know what it is too much because I've only had a handful of experiences with mushrooms, but every single time I have learnt a very powerful lesson that has stayed with me. Yeah.
1: Yeah, they're the ultimate teachers.
0: Yeah. I don't know what it is, but it just
1: it works. Would you say that uh, mushrooms are tied to the beginning of your spiritual journey, or was that prior to mushrooms as well prior. an important part yeah. of your life? Yeah.
0: Mushrooms specifically came after. Right. I. What was the beginning for you? My spiritual journey. Yeah. The first time that I knew I was kind of spiritual or there was this feeling inside of me was one of the times that I did... I was I was at clubbing, right? When I was 21, 22. And I did... I was either doing ecstasy or MD. I don't remember which one. I was just doing something, right? But here's, here's the thing about that experience. Instead of looking at the DJ, which is what most people do, right? For some reason, I turned around... <laughs> And I was looking at the people in the crowd, right? And then I was looking at the people in the crowd and I was going, holy fuck, why does everyone look sad? Like you look depressed, you look upset, you look like you're fucked off your mind, you look like you're just- This good, is at a party. This, this, is, this is at a club. Uh-huh, yeah. All right? I did get a reflection to me a couple of years later that was like, maybe that was a reflection of yourself, which is actually a very good point. But at the time, how I took that that story and that narrative was this. When my brain is meant to have serotonin, dopamine, all these feel-good chemicals because of the drug, I felt one of the most depressed I've ever felt. And it wasn't even come-down time. It wasn't like, you know, you feel it later. The next day, yeah. Yeah, it was literally like an hour, two hours in. So there was something, and, and I was feeling pulled. I was like, no, this, this doesn't feel right. All right. And that started my spiritual journey of like, okay, there's something else. There's something more. So you're looking inward. Yeah. Yeah. But it wasn't until I moved to the Gold Coast, which is that spiritual community and wealthy community that I mentioned, that I had a huge taste of this spiritual stuff. All right. Everyone was spiritual. Everyone was wealthy. That was the community that I was in. So we would do like DMT meditations and breath work and then go into business meetings. Go drive luxury cars and go back into breathwork. It was, it was this kind of environment, and that sound healing.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Tell me about the DMT breathwork and <laughs> what it taught you about self-worth.
0: Yeah, really good question. So this DMT breathwork, it was... I went to one of our clients' uh, event, right? And he... He's like a quantum researcher, all of these things, um, Ninja Warrior. I don't know if he won or if he was a p- participant, but I, kn- I know he was in that. Right? Point is, I went to his breath work. know uh, I went to his event. At the event, I did his DMT breathwork. Right. That was the first time in my life that I had, up until that point, that I had felt truly worthy. Right. But like not thick, feel truly worthy. And mm. you know, every cell in my being felt it. Mm. And I was just crying profusely. Wow. Right. Because I had felt worthy for once.
1: And this was a, just to give people some context it's a specific type of breath work it's that induces DMT. the DMT state. Yeah for a couple minutes or half an hour? What are we talking about?
0: I'm not sure how long. Yeah, I didn't really get the theory of it. I just did it. Um, but if I had to guess, probably like 15 minutes, something like that. But we did go for like 15, 20, maybe 30 minutes. I don't remember how long it was,
1: but yeah. And in that experience was the first time you felt truly worthy. Yeah. How did, you, how did that experience change you and your relationship to worthiness going forward? Yeah,
0: really good question. That is probably one of the most pivotal moments that allowed me to drop all of the mask that I was wearing at the time. What I mean is this, right? With the self-image stuff that i like, been coming from your 1.0 self to your 2.0 self, that's obviously what I teach, Right. But with that, there are pitfalls that my students can obviously deter away from because I've made the mistakes. And one of the mistakes was I created an identity. So this was probably my, I think this is 3.0 at this point. I created a party persona, an identity that was very outgoing, charismatic, partying, that kind of environment. The issue was when it was time to move on to my 4.0 self, and you feel it, you feel when it's time, because I mentioned it before, right? Like you will feel in your soul that your current purpose has become boring or obsolete. And just my current purpose at the time was I just wanted spontaneous life. Uh, I wanted more stories. But you had become boring and obsolete because I'd, I'd gained all the fucking stories already. right? You got it, been there, done that. Exactly. But then it got to a point where when it was time to move on, I couldn't let go.
1: Because you were attached I was to attached. that identity. Yes.
0: all right One that had served you really well. Exactly. In that environment. But when it was time to move on to now the business successful version of myself. Yeah. Right. Just all out in business. It didn't suit what I needed. Right. And the issue was a lot of the people around me have seen me as that. Like I created my social mold as that person.
1: So now there's a pressure to
0: upkeep exactly, that identity. Exactly. And I was just like, fuck, what do I do? Yeah. And I felt so much pressure within me. It's, it's always within you, you know? I felt so much pressure within me to just upkeep this until one day I was like, fuck it. So that DMT breath work was one of the pivotal moments that got me to like realize that. Because I had felt worthy without it. Without the identity I created, without the attachments, without things, without the stories I'd created.
1: And what did you do then to drop all the masks? Explain that process to me
0: and how it played out. Yeah. So dropping masks, what that means is your masks can sometimes have energetic chains, which at the time mine did. I had secrets that I just didn't want anyone to know, right? And I felt shamed, and I felt guilt in all of these things. So the process was, I started telling my inner circle those chains that was related to that mask. I told them. I opened the dialogue. I was like, "Hey, this is what I've been hiding. If I at the time before that, I was going to take that to my grave." Wow. I was like, "I'm ne- just because of all the guilt that's inside of you, all the shame, you know." And the fear. And the fear. Of, mm-hmm. You have so much fear that people are going to like kick you out of your tribe. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, fuck, what are they going to think of me? You know? So I just, I told them. The first time it took me 15, 20 minutes, right? It was with one of my former mentors at the time. We were sitting there for 15, 20 minutes and I was just bowling my eyes. I was like, oh, I don't know how to do this, but I have to tell you. And the next one I told my other friends and then next one, next one, next one. Yeah. It takes takes a lot of courage to do that. I would say yes and no. The instinctual manner is yes, it takes a lot of courage. The no part is what choice do you have? Hmm. You know, like, like are you going to move into your next evolution, like your next 2.0 self, right? Or do you stay stagnant where you are? You don't Your spirit is calling for more. What fucking choice do you have? So it does take courage, but I also... Regret is more painful. Mm -hmm. To me anyways.
1: And so just tying it back to the DMT experience. The reason that was so pivotal for you is because in that moment you felt worthy without the persona. Correct. Which allowed you to then drop all the personas. Yep you then came back to build another 4.0 or 5.0 yep. version of you, right? So do you see them as other personas or how
0: do you classify them, yep. the new versions? Yeah. So I did come back with building the 4.0 version of me, right? But this time with the lesson of unattachment. Mm. Does that make sense? This yes. is where um, before I was like, my students can avoid the mistakes that I've made. Yeah. And these are fucking strong, like painful mistakes right which is why then going back to like the magic three the third one is unattachment you have to be unattached ready to burn the bridge like burn who you have become for who you can be for the next version for the next version at all like you're just ready yeah
2: you
0: know so i created my 4.0 version knowing and ready that i will drop this at one point
1: And then when the 5.0 version came... Again, same thing. Same thing. Same thing.
0: Right. But the the point the point is this. Remember when I said you were everything under the sun? It's not that you're creating... My perspective had changed too. It wasn't I was creating another persona. It was just I was creating my next version of me that is going to be... And the, the collection of these traits are going to be the most useful for this next purpose of my life. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's, it's actually you were everything. I was just... Okay, I'm going to take this trait here, I'm going to take this one here, this one here. Okay, you three combined are going to give me, like, are going to create my next self that will create my next life.
1: Mm -hmm. So it's for the effectiveness of where you want to go in that moment. Correct. It's also maybe like you're not just creating them, but also tuning into aspects that already exist within you and amplifying them. Correct. Bingo. What was the first time that you did mushrooms in a spiritual, intentional way? Yeah. Tell me about that. love
0: this. Cool. So up until that moment, I had done mushrooms three times, right? But all those three times, I had done it in like a kind of party environment, right? Where I'm typically combining it with alcohol and it's like just a party, party environment. Now, the first time I was called to do mushrooms in a spiritual context, in a ceremonial, spiritual environment, I would say would have been maybe eight, seven weeks ago. Not that long ago. All right. And then just one day I felt called. I was like, all right, cool. I have to follow this. All right? I was like, "If, if it feels true. So what I did was I got mushrooms. Went to my room, and and I felt called cool just to do in my room, just in my own environment, in my own space. I got my friend Yelita to come and sage up the room with her, like, feminine energy, hmm. right? And then she gave me a playlist that was called, like, Open Up Your Heart. Nice. Right? Very dope playlist. I love it. And then what I did was I just, that's it. I had a spiritual ceremony with myself. Sovereignty, right? You and you. Me and me, Right. And for the first hour, I was crying profusely. Just grieving. Grieving of two things. One, my most past relationship. The most recent one. Right? Just grieving that out for the final time. With like, the shrooms. The second one was the person I had to become. Meaning... Because I am this, because I am the first son, I'm, I'm the firstborn, and I'm the first grandson, right? I hold a lot of responsibility to myself to kind of pave the way for just people, for the people, right? especially for my inner circle, just people around me. If we're in a group environment, you bet money, like there's going to be a layer of my brain that's kind of facilitating the energy of that environment. I'm making sure people are having a good time, making sure everyone's getting kind of like getting their needs met. So You feel like you have to be the protector, exactly. in a tribe, exactly, mm-hmm. right? A, a very simple example is this: if if I have any, if my female friends are around me and they're drinking, right, there is zero chance that I'm going to let you drive home, right? It's fucking zero. It's just not going to happen, right? And this happened very very recently. So I had, um, I was, I got a villa. Right, had a villa, and then I had my friend Alina around. Now, we were just drinking, drinking wine, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. By the end of the night, she wanted to drive home. I was like, "Fuck that!" Right? I gave her four options, four or three. Right? I was like, "Okay, we have three rooms. Me and my friend are going to take these two rooms. You can either sleep here. I will get you a car home. I'll get you a driver." Right. I will drive you home and drive my and then go get a grub back. Or you just fucking knock out on the couch. I don't really care. But you have a full room for you. All right. You have one of those four options. And she kept trying to like, you know, being like, no, 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 no. no. It's just not going to happen.
1: So that's the protector instinct. It's the protector instinct. Of you. Right. right.
0: And there, some, some girls might be like, oh, I'm an independent woman. that." It's just not. In, in that case, we, we can't be friends. So in the mushroom trip, you
1: were connecting with that part of yourself. Yes. And crying. Why
0: cry? Why, why the grief around that? I was grieving around because I had to grow up so fast in terms of like, I just put a lot of responsibility on myself. And it and it plays out, right? Because I, I surround myself with people who are much older, right? The average age of my social circle is probably 30. Mm, and you're... I'm 25. All right, probably 30, 32, something like that, right? And the thing that I was grieving around was the fact that this... The part of me that is naive, the part of me that's just a little boy, the part of me that just has no responsibilities and things like that, I don't often let that part just out. Mm, The child part of you? The inner child part, I don't often let that out. Was it coming out on the mushroom trip then? A little bit, yeah. It was coming out in the way of... I know I had to become a man much faster than you would have wanted. I wonder if
1: there's a way to nurture both your inner child
0: while remaining the protector and the leader that you want to be. Yeah, there probably is. <laughs> I just haven't found those answers yet. Right, That's, those are not principal ways I've found yet. Um, but when I do, I'll let you know.
1: So like Saturday, Sunday, inner child.
0: Yeah, <laughs> could <laughs> be, hey, Friday. yeah. Saturday, Sunday, inner child could work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just hearing your story, I think it's probably... Very important to reconnect with that part. 100%. Because all that child wants inside you is a bit of love, a bit of attention, to be seen, to be heard, even though you have all these responsibilities and um, protector, leader qualities, you know? Yeah. What have mushrooms taught you about the universe and God?
0: (laughs) I love this. So, that most, the same mushroom trip, that same spiritual ceremonial mushroom trip. After I started crying all about grieving, right? Purging, what ended up happening was there was one point in the trip where I just had my hands like this, right? I was cross legged and I had my hands like this, and I was closed eyes and I was bowing. And I was just bowing to like Mama Gaia, I was bowing to the universe. Uh-huh. And what the representation was, it was I surrender. I am yours, I am your son, whatever you want to move through me, I will action it out. And the things that, the lessons that I was getting, or the downloads that I was getting at the time, was roles and responsibilities, here's what I mean, right, up until that point in my life, which is not even that long ago, I was often living for me like all of these 1.0, 2.0, 3.0, 4.0, 5.0, each of them had a different purpose, right? Each of them had a different something calling them at the time. So for example, it could have been living a luxurious life, getting confidence back, um, going to high-value parties, attracting feminine girls, whatever it is, right? It was all for me. Only when I took that mushroom trip, I was getting downloads of becoming a father. Ah, okay. I saw myself having two daughters. All right. I was getting f- downloads of being the son, being the brother, the friend, the coach, the mentor, and the leader. Right? All of these things, these were the roles that were being bestowed on me. And the mantra that kept going in my head was I accept. I mm. accept like this. I accept, I accept every role that you want to, that you want me to play out. I will not run. I will not hide. I will not falter. Wow!
1: So it went from like a sort of an egocentric you, me, me, me to oh, I am the father. I am. I'm going to have kids. Thinking of others. Yes. Yeah.
0: I'm actually glad that it did play out that way, specifically because. The lessons that I had attained in those five years or 1.0, 2.0, et cetera, et cetera, they were very authentic lessons. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Like it, Because I wanted it for me, it was well and truly I received those lessons. All right. And then when it was time for me to now become a coach, now pass these lessons on, like you know the hero's journey, right? Leaving the tribe, learning the lesson, coming back, teaching the tribe. Yes. When it was time for me to now pass these lessons on, I had the true gems. I can be like, hey, there's a pitfall there to because like almost on your own journey. Exactly. Yeah. Right. It wasn't the intention was never to be a coach. The mm. intention was, I just want to go and see what happens. Right. So now with my students, I can be like, there's a pitfall there. There's a fucking hole there. There's a volcano there. Don't go there. <laughs> you know, did they listen? Yeah, they do. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously, they have to meet me where I'm at, Mm. right? So not you meeting them where they're at, they have to meet you where you're at. Yes. Here's why. I will hold you to a higher standard than your 1.0 self is currently holding you to.
1: Yes, I see.
0: Meet me where I'm at. Yeah. Because I will take this 100% seriously. And I want you to too.
1: You see their 2.0 version before Before they see it.
0: Yes. And you hold
1: them to the standards of your own standards, but also their 2.0 standards that
0: they might not have They tell me their standards, right? While we're in that mastermind, while we're in that container, they go, this is the person that I want to be. I take that container and I reflect it back to them. Mm -hmm. and I go, okay, you want to be this person, right? These are the standards you want? Cool. We're going to do this. All right. So you meet me where I'm at because I'm holding your standards up against you. Mm -hmm. I'm reflecting it back to you.
1: What role has vulnerability played in your life?
0: Very good question. Throughout this podcast, this is the question that's given me the most goosebumps, (laughs) which I love. To me, vulnerability... Okay, let's start with this. It takes way more strength to take off the armor than it does to put it on. Why? Let's go back to a more tangible example. If you take off your armor, you are vulnerable. Your nervous system is vulnerable. Mm. Remember that fear part? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. Right? It comes alive. Yeah. So the role that vulnerability has played is, honestly, a lot of it is connection. All of these stories that I'm telling of, like, I've been dumped here, I've been dumped here, learnt this, learnt that, had an energy chain here, shame and guilt here, et cetera, et cetera. These are very vulnerable stories, right? And people can resonate with it. They can feel it. Yeah.
1: They feel their own humanity and their own uh, vulnerable moments through your vulnerable stories. Yes.
0: Right? But it's only because... We can only get to that level of connection if one of us goes there, right? So like one of of my secrets or one of my principles to making friends very easily is go first. Mm. If you want someone to put down their guard, put down yours first. If you want someone to show up with the strength, show up with your strength first.
1: Was it hard for you to take off the armor when you first started doing that vulnerable work? Yeah.
0: Yeah. The first armor that I took off was the one where I was talking about the, th- uh, the party persona. I took uh, that off because that persona I'd created at the time it was, I, had le- I hadn't understood the lessons of I'm everything under the sun. I'm just, all, all of these lessons that I'm saying now. At the time, my thought process was still persona.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So the persona that I created at the time was a very masculine persona. Like I am the fucking soldier. I am this, I am that. You know, I don't let anything in, blah, 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 which creates a lot of disconnection. People can't relate, you know. And when I took off that vulnerability, 15, 20-minute conversation, FY, this is after weeks of like internal tugging of me going, fuck, should I do this? Should I do this? Should I do this? There's so much guilt and shame around the stories that I've been holding within, you know.
1: Yeah. And then you decide I'm gonna bring this into the light. Yeah. Once it's in the light, it tends to lose its power over yes. you. Yes. It loses its
0: power, but also you become free. Yes. Remember that the energy it changes, it's gone.
1: Mm. And then it frees you up to be to go to the next level of yes. your life. Exactly. What have you learned about self love on your journey?
0: <laughs> love that. So in my journey, after after all all of this, let's just go back to the similar moments. After all of this, what ended up happening was I became more feminine. I was able to now go into the feminine, right? I was too too into the masculine, now I was able to go into the feminine. So I was becoming very free-flowy, right? I surrendered a lot, right? I was like, wherever my universe is GPS, my desires want to take me, I'll go there.
1: That was your year of being a woman.
0: That was my year of being a woman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I surrendered heaps. And that taught me a lot of how to love myself because I could finally feel shit at a deep, much deeper level than previously, you know. Mm-hmm. Like previously, I did feel it, of course, because, you know, the, the first breakup. But it just wasn't as deep. Like I hadn't met parts of myself yet. These are parts of myself I never ever met. The feminine part, the free-flowy part. Yes. Right. Right? I gotcha.
1: So the depth for those who are looking for more depth of their own being, what can they do to
0: connect deeper with themselves? <laughs> really good question. For for this question specifically, I'm gonna give in the street. Advice. I'm going to give very tangible exercise. In the streets. Let's do it. Right. <laughs> yeah. And one one of the exercises is right. Okay. So it's very well known that the eyes are the windows to the soul. Right. Mm-hmm. The eyes are the windows to the soul. So true. Now, what you can do is there's an exercise called soul gazing which people often do with a partner, right? And all that is, is just you hold eye contact with someone and you hold it for an extended period of time without talking. You just sit down across from each other, eye contact, don't talk. 10, 10, 15, 20 minutes, whatever it is. All right. Now, you can enhance this exercise a lot more. One, go look into their left eye don't look into the right. So if this whole time if you if you've been noticing I'm only looking at your left eye. I see. Right. Yeah. Here's why. The left eye represents the feminine. It represents connection. Uh-huh. The right eye represents the masculine. It represents like if we're in a business context, I'll swap.
1: So right eye for business meetings.
0: Right eye for business meetings, left eye for for soul gazing for, for like feminine for connection. Yeah. Right. Now, for the people that want to meet parts of themselves that they've never met, or the depth, all right, uh-huh. go in a mirror, go soul-gaze with yourself, go look at your left eye, and just do it with you. That's it. Mm. And then whatever comes up, let it come up. If you want to cry, cry. If you want to be angry, be angry. All right. If you just want to stare, stare. Anything, any emotion that comes out, let it play out. Mm. Right? And you will meet parts of yourself that you've never met before. And often, actually, people cry, which is completely normal.
1: Is it because they're accessing parts that they haven't really spoken to? Yeah. yeah. Or maybe also dealing with shame and guilt and yes. parts that they just haven't been looking at? It's,
0: it's, a, it's a lack of self-love that leads to so much of this shit. Mm-hmm. a lack of self-worthiness I'm not worthy I'm not loved all of this deep down but it's so fucking ingrained in us because of the culture right that we don't notice it but the amount of freedom you feel after you do these things you release you clear the vessel create a new version of you et etc. et cetera fuck it's powerful
1: yeah what is your manifestation process like? And do you use
0: manifesting techniques in your life? Really good question. So for me personally, I... Two main things for, for, for my manifestation process. One is obviously this self-image work, right? Which I do every morning. I go through all of the, like, things. But can right? you run me through that? What Exactly would that entails. Yes, yeah, really good question. So... Currently, I have a um, three-page self-image-like design, which is pillar two, right? Design your 2.0 self. Currently, uh, it's three pages. One is what it looks like is it's a couple pictures that resonate with me, right? Resonate with who I am, who I want to become. But the point is, it's not not like a vision board, right? That's like fucking some other shit. What it is is it's embodiment of you. You want it to bring out feelings of you. Right, so mine, if you actually go to my Instagram in my first pin photo in that gray, all of those are actually on on the one where there's like warriors, right, the one where there's there's like pictures of warriors, there's pictures of statues, like I see myself as I'm carving myself right into who I want to become, so these images have some importance to you yes. on a symbolic level, yes, yeah, right, there's somewhere. There's a European chick and like a son, mm-hmm. which is a lot. I see myself in the future, right? Or like a daughter. Actually, no, it's two daughters. So a daughter, right? There's one where there's just a guy with his, like he's playing with his children. That's what I see in the future, right? So there's a page that looks like that. And then at the top, there's just words that I, I want to ingrain to me, right? very good example is there's honoring the inner masculine honoring the inner feminine and you've even seen this play out like we've had conversations I'm like someday i'm honoring my inner feminine today
2: Mm
0: -hmm. right there's like switch i have that on there there's go-giver generous right i have that on there there's luxury there's tarzan um well-connected things like that like loving etc etc whatever i want to embody in that season of my life i have it on there Right. The next page is the character design. How do I walk? How do I talk? What does my energy exude? What are my traits? And this is describing in text form how you walk, how you talk. Yes. Uh-huh. All right. And then it's like, what's my hair like? Everything is intentional. I don't have a single thing that's not intentional. The reason why I got this haircut over another one is that I want it to look like I don't put too much effort to it. I used to have a very, like, comb over, but it was gelled up like crazy, right? This one, I just want it to look like it's very casual. Surfer. Yeah, right? It's very casual. I don't put too much effort to it, but it still looks good, right? How do I talk wardrobe, et cetera, everything? There's not a single thing that is not on there. How does my day play out? The third one is it's called an article of self, right? What that means is imagine that Forbes is writing an article about you a couple of years into the future. So this is painting your vision a couple of years into the future. What would they say? You are this kind of person. You are a, a multimillionaire, entrepreneur, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, girlfriend is like this. This is how he wakes up. This is his he's into high-end cigars, watches, jewelry, but he's also into Tarzan stuff, which is like suffering. Um, walking barefoot, right? I did a cold shower this morning, right? Um, things like that. His girlfriend has nothing to nothing bad to say about him, right? His girlfriend says that he is the same in in public as he in, as he is in private. Just things like this, right? How would Forbes describe you? Mm-hmm. These three things are what I read every morning.
1: So the the visuals. Uh, the words that mean something to you yep. the character traits character traits, and the Forbes article, yeah, gotcha
0: enough th- yeah, and also one more is like the affirmations affirmations I like, also don't call it affirmation I call it mantras. What do mm. you run by? Mm. right? A very good example is this with the cold showers anyone anyone that knows me personally knows that I hate the fucking cold, like my body's just not designed for it, right. Like I get, I'm very sensitive to temperature, which is why I have to go that way. Right. I have to create, go create my own suffering. You know, this is when the, the Tarzan piece comes into play. I have to, I just have to like, if I fucking ate it, cool. I'm going that way. So is there a mantra you use? Yes. Uh-huh. My mantra is I don't, and this actually came to me. <laughs> okay. So um, we're in Bali at the moment, right? I had an I had a scooter accident. I was just driving dumb. Had a scooter accident, and then I stood up and I had, I had a hole in my leg. I can show you, but it's kind of gory. <laughs> I, had a, I had a hole. I li- literally had a hole in my leg. Damn! And they had to clean out the hole, right? They were cleaning out the hole with fucking alcohol. They put it in my leg. My God, did that shit hurt? Right now. That's when I developed the mantra. It was in a moment of just intense pain. Mm. Right? Like, it's bad enough to have alcohol on a fucking, you know, just a cut. Yeah. Never mind inside your leg where there's flesh. Like, it was so big you could put your thumb in it. Probably like that deep, at least. So, what did you say to yourself? That's when the mantra came. Yeah. And the mantra was, I don't run. I don't hide. I don't falter. Mm. For some reason, that resonated. Right? And I just kept repeating that over and over in my head. I don't run. I don't hide. I don't falter. And then what I did was I relaxed. I was in so much. It was insane. I wanted to go like, I was so angry. Because mm-hmm. right? you're in so much pain. I wanted to go crush something. But mm-hmm. You know, that masculine urge. You just I want something just to crush. And then when that when I was repeating that mantra over and over and over again, there was a point in time where I just relaxed. And funny enough, when you do the opposite of what pain wants you to do, the pain caps, meaning that it just numbs out.
1: It's that surrender, right?
0: Surrender. Yeah. You know? And I, I use this lesson to this day. Even this morning, I was doing a cold shower, right? And then... I looked up, I, like, I don't run, I don't hide, I don't fall. Every single time I do a cold because I fucking hate it, I just hate it. Right? I don't run, I don't hide, I don't falter, walk in. And uh-huh. then I walk in and then I just relax. And then the the coldness just kind of numbs out. Gotcha. Right.
1: So that's your, the sort of the 2.0 folder of all the
0: things that are
1: yep. bringing you to the next version.
0: Yes, correct. And they are obviously like, tactical ways of making it the most effective as possible right Mm. but if like the audience wants to just create their own they can right obviously you can enhance the process but that's a very good foundation
1: can you take me through your whole morning routine which the folder is part of that right so describe to me the first two hours of your day
0: very good question so like i mentioned before right I start my days with masculine intention. Mm-hmm. I call it masculine intention. What that means is this. Where we are currently living in Bali, yeah. Most people have noticed and, and you would have you, you probably have noticed as well. The like energy of the land is just very feminine. Right. Yeah. Like everyone is very free flowing, everyone is very feminine. Right and it's just the, the energy of the land. It's a very feminine place right and like you can see everywhere you know, like the locals they would put offerings on the ground like a lot of reverence for the land but this this, this is just very feminine traits and things mm-hmm. like that right now moving to bali i knew that if i did not set up boundaries i'm fucked you're going to get
1: sucked Suede. into the, yeah. the surrender flow. exactly
0: i'm just going to get in the vortex just gone
2: Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm. right and i want and i was like no like now i need to work i need to build this business i need to scale it up i need to scale up my body like all of these things right so i was like this this is not going to happen so what i did was i created that structure for my week of like masculine intention from 8 a.m to 6 p.m every weekday sunday sunday and saturday is where the feminine can come in no structure right so my mornings are always masculine and intentional mornings. I start the day right at the get-go, let's go. All right. So a very good example is I start the day with Ziva meditation. All right. It's a meditation style that's for achievers, for high performance. All right. And it has within a, within the style, it has mindfulness, meditation, with actual meditation, which is like getting yourself into a fourth state of consciousness. Mm. It's not mindfulness. Mm. Right. It's not like you're directing your consciousness. No, it's just you're going actually to a different level of consciousness. And then the third one is manifesting, right? Which one of your question was what do I do for manifesting? Which is actually that That's the first thing I do. Second thing is a self-image work. Just go through it. Right. But the whole point is when I'm going through it, a huge key is you don't want to just read it. You want to feel it. You want to feel it. You want to become it. You want to embody it. This is who I am now. Right? You want to feel it. I am this person now. I hold this. Mm -hmm. You know? So that's what I do. After that, obviously, get ready, shower, do my hair, whatever it is, put on the ring, get out. All right? And then I go to a co working spot, which I typically have. I would have planned it out like the next night with with a friend or something. Like, hey, let's co work together. Nine a.m. See you there. Right, co working spot, and then I would work until about one p.m. Deep work, no distractions. Yeah, so that would be like the first couple hours of my morning.
1: Tell, tell me a little bit more about the meditation. Is that something that you recommend the
0: listeners look up on their own, or yep. can you give yep. me an overview of how to do it? Yeah, perfect. So. I'm not going to teach the meditation here just because I think I'm going to butcher it, honestly. Right. <laughs> I think it should just go straight to the source. Sure. Um, for the viewers, right, if you guys want to v- look up at the meditation, go search up Emily Fletcher, Ziva Meditation. All right. Gotcha. So she's a Mindvalley speaker. I'm going to give a huge shout out because she's, she's mad. All right. She's a Mindvalley speaker. Um, she's teached at Google and things like this. But she teaches meditation specifically for achievers. For high performance, right? And her thing is all about healing the past and healing the stress so that you can create your future, which I fucking love. Mm. That is my cup of tea, right? Where I just want to get. And the whole point of this meditation, the only reason why I do it, honestly, is to get a little bit of an advantage. Any advantage I can get, I went, mean, why not? Right? I just want to perform better.
1: And you notice a
0: difference. hundred oh, percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a really good example is this. With my one of the things that I the lessons that's playing out in my life is just or one of the concepts that I use actually is separating your awareness from your thoughts. Right. But not like in text, no not intellectually knowing this, but feeling it. And how I visualize it is my awareness is over here, my thoughts over here. Right. And what that meditation does is it allows me to actually do that a lot more powerfully than if I didn't have a meditation practice. Right? And what what I mean is this, I can see thoughts coming, and I'm just be like, nope. Like that's qua 1.0 or whatever it was. Right, or, um, I mean, at this rate, it'll be class 6.0, right? That's a thought of class 6.0. I'm going to remove that. I'm going to take in a thought of quite 7.0, right? Okay. Now, here's a very good situation that highlights this, right? It was yesterday or two days ago. I was in, I was just driving in Bali, right? I was, I was going straight. And then this this like older lady, like this lady, she hit, she was turning and she didn't see me. She hit me. And then, here's the part that I noticed, actually. I had, okay, so just for the audience, we were both okay. So it was it was fine. All right. Spoiler. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, yeah, so we were both okay. But here's, here's the part that I, that, that I actually noticed really quickly, which was I had no reaction. None. I was the one that was going straight. She actually hit me. Like, she was turning. She didn't see me. She hit me. I didn't even have 1% of anger, 1% mm. of anything. And that, that was something I actually noticed. I was like, oh, right. And I, I knew I was going to be hit too because I, I was, basically I was driving straight. I didn't have time to break. I had like a second and a half to like brace it. And I knew I was going to be hit. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to get hit. And I just got hit. And I was like, cool. You okay? I'm okay. All right, let's, let's just continue. And that's because of the
1: meditation you've... you've The meditation
0: is very helpful in that.
1: Keeps you grounded,
0: keeps you centered. Exactly, exactly. Mm. It's not fully because of the meditation, because part of it is the embodiment that I am holding of like controlled, calm, collected, right? But the meditation definitely did amplify it to just zero reaction. All right.
1: Tell me about the the toughest time in your life or one of the toughest times and
0: how you overcame that challenge really good question so I would say one of the toughest times in my life right and I remember experiencing this so vividly right where I remember being 17, 18, 19, 20 um, like that age range and then you would feel the issue was I felt like I was spiritually dying inside. Mm. Here's why. Alright. Because I felt like I was living the same day over and over and over again. When I my soul was calling me for more. Which I was doing. I was doing all of this fucking personal development shit. Just with no results. Right. Like other things I, I felt like I was on a hamster wheel. I felt like I was trapped in my like 1.0 self. Like, this was back before I learned all of this. I felt like I was trapped in, like, a 1.0 life, right? I saw all of these guys on the, like, how do they do this? How do they attract all of these girls? How do they have all these social circles? How do they become successful at business, travel the world, and location freedom, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. I was like, how the fuck are you doing that? You know? Meanwhile, I was stuck back at home in my hometown, living with my parents, doing the same shit every day. And inside, you feel like you're dying. You know? Yeah. Like there's just no spark for life. There's no fire for life. And there were so many I remember so many times where I would wake up and then just go back to sleep. It's like, fuck, what's I what's the point of waking up? Just sleeping so I can escape my own life. Mm-hmm. Right. That's when I knew that I wanted a different life. I wanted a how I call it is a two point life right, that's when you know, You're like, I'm built for more, there is something else that I want, whatever it is, okay, at that season in your life, at that period of your life, you will have often a couple callings, maybe one two, by three, right, something is calling you, yeah, it could be you want to attract more more feminine girls or more attractive girls in your social circles, it could be you want to build a business or scale your business, It could be you want to have location freedom, travel the world. I had that at one point, right? Whatever it is, you have a calling. And you know it. You cannot run from this. Like I mentioned before, this is the universe's GPS for you. You hear it loud and clear. Fucking loud and clear. Mm -hmm. You can numb it out as much as you want. You can go drink, drink with your friends and hang out and smoke weed and blah, 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 blah. And that was the pain you were feeling at 17, 18, 19 of yes. hearing
1: the GPS coordinates on some level, Yes, but feeling stuck in your current yes. 1.0 reality. Exactly.
0: Mm-hmm. Right? I felt stuck. I was like, I can't. How do, how do I do this? Yeah. And this, you feel this before every time it's time to move on. The pain. Exactly. So I felt that before. Like a, 17, 18, 19, 20. Right. And then from, and then all the gaps between 1.0 to 2.0, 2.0 to 3, 3 to 4, 4 to 5, et cetera, et cetera. Between all of that gap, there's a period where you're going to feel it again mm-hmm. because it's your soul telling you it's time to get to the next level. You know? Yes. You will feel it. You will fucking know.
1: This is where I find plant medicine, like mushrooms, is so important at unblocking some of that yes. and bring it to the surface. Yeah. And, So you bring up an important point here, which is that the reason why someone would want to become the next version of themselves, the 2.0, it initially comes from that painful period of, I cannot be 1.0 anymore. Yes. I cannot stand another month, another year at this place.
0: 100%. Right? You will honestly feel sick of yourself. (laughs) I'm sick of my own behaviors. Why do I keep doing this?
1: And then the key is not to wallow in that self pity, but to make the leap, make the jump. Correct. In whatever way one can.
0: Correct. Right. Obviously, they can work with me or they can just go, you can do it by yourself if you really want to.
1: For you, like the, because you said you were looking at different personal development teachers and they were all sort of contradicting themselves. What was finally the leap that made it possible for you?
0: Good question. Can you rephrase your context in a simpler manner?
1: Yeah. Like, so the since you were stuck for maybe 17, 18, 19, what was the breakthrough that finally pushed you over Uh the
0: edge from 1.0 to 2.0? Yeah. Good question. So the breakthrough was what I actually said at the somewhere the beginning, right? Which was understanding that I have a source purpose. Mm. there's a current like the onion analogy right yes each layer of the onion represents a season or a period in your life and each season would have a purpose meaning there your your soul is just calling for something (laughs) whatever it is it can be anything right and then layering the other concept on top of that of becoming your 2.0 self so that i can so that that 2.0 self can create your 2.0 life right Understanding those two things was what gave me the breakthrough. Because now I understood, all right, this is the direction I'm going. But to actually get there, I need to now become a different me. Become a different version of me. Because here's the thing, right? Here's how I actually explain to my students. Look at everything around you in your life. Everything. From your dating life to your social life to your location where you're living to your business. right? Everything to your body, wealth, health, all of it. Now, use the formula and go backwards. Everything you've created in your life is what your 1.0 self is capable of creating. Mm-hmm. Period, end of story. Mm. Your 1.0 self is not capable of creating more.
1: It's gotten you this far. It's gotten you this far. But exactly. no further. Exactly.
0: All right. Equation equals 1.0 self equals 1.0 life. So if you just go backwards in the equation, look around you and go, all right, 1.0 life, this is how my life is, X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. This is my dating life, this is my social life. This is my business, this is everything, right? And then just go backwards. I'm like, ah, cool. So this is what my 1.0 self is capable of, right? And if I was capable of more, I would have created more by now. Does that make sense? Yeah. So now it's – we burn that, now we go – 2.0 2.0 life if this is the life that i want equals 2.0 self. so i have to go backwards right cool i'm going to become this so i can get that
1: so reverse engineering the 2.0 life vision into the 2.0 self that correct. you need to be correct. to live that correct right wow powerful man yeah what is um the most important thing that one can do to improve themselves For those feeling lost, and they're feeling lost in their 1.0 life, mm. what is maybe the one of the key things that they can start doing that will automatically propel them closer to their 2.0 life?
0: They're feeling lost in their 1.0 life, and what is a key thing they can do that will propel them towards their 2.0 life? Mm-hmm.
1: One habit or one daily process that they can do.
0: Whew. It's this. It's this. Bo- I've boiled it down to one question that my students can use on a daily basis. Right? And you you understand why it's this question after you hear, right? which is, what would my 2.0 self, or your 2.0, insert your name, so 2.0 Qua right, or 2.0 James, etc. What would my 2.0 self, Think, feel, or
1: act here. In this moment. In
0: this moment. Mm -hmm. And when you actually use that is when, let's say there's a pivot. Like you always have a pivot of choices throughout your day. Do I go to the gym? Do I not go to the gym? Do I take the sales call? Do I not take the sales call? Do I go prospect or do I not go prospect? Do I hire? Do I not hire? Whatever the fuck it is. Do I talk to this chick? Do I not talk to this chick? right always 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 ask yourself the question what would my 2.0 self think feel or do here answer that and just go do that Mm. beautiful so it keeps
1: you connected to the 2.0 identity Exactly. exactly which
0: is like pillar number three yeah right maintain the think feel and do of the self yes Reminds me of uh, Emmett Fox, who used to be a
1: spiritual author in the, believe, the 1900s. He wrote, change your thinking and keep it changed. Yes. And that last half, that's the tough part. Exactly. The easy part is changing temporarily. Yeah. Change your thinking and
0: keep keep it it changed. Keep it there. Keep doing the fucking behavior. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's not easy, though. No. Which is why... We have coaches, right? Coaches hold up the fucking standard of who you want to become and keep you accountable. Mm-hmm. If it was as easy as doing us a fuck, we all would have done ourselves by now.
1: Kwa, yeah. it's time for the lightning round.
0: Oh, I'm down. Ready? <laughs> I'm ready. Let's go.
1: What or who brings out your wild side? Ooh, wild side?
0: The wild side of Kwa. House music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something about house okay I've, I've only recently got into house music if i uh-huh. and there's something about house music that just makes you want to just you know tuf, tuf. i just want to go party <laughs> like hard
1: <khat. laughs> any favorite djs
0: um not specifically but i do have a, i do have like a playlist that i'm like building out at the moment okay yeah. i am going to like rufus or something like at the end of the year my friends want to nice. go so i'm like cool yeah. so we'll have to get you the quaz house wild <laughs> playlist how <laughs> all or improvising like mm. like you've seen it right at like the bonfire that we had yeah and i'm just improvising that that brings out the wild side yeah, of you that's just fun
1: love it yeah what is the best advice you've ever received
0: best advice <laughs> it's actually this all right so the meaning of this tattoo, um, it's from a series that I used to watch growing up. It's where it's inspired from. But the the narrative that I have around this tattoo is this, is loyalty to my own heart. Mm. Basically what that means is if I just stay loyal to my own heart when I die, I can be proud of who I've become, mm. of what man I showed up as yeah i see what you mean that you can't buy
1: because you stayed loyal to your heart
0: yeah you stay loyal to you mm-hmm. you know fuck that is worth everything so
1: oh i love that if you could ask god any question what would you ask
0: where am i gonna die <laughs> i just won't go there <laughs> yeah god which street is it i just avoid that you that's know? hilarious <laughs> or what country i just went into the country when in life have you felt the most happy? <sighs> <laughs> My farewell party at Gold Coast. So when when I was at Gold Coast, I had a farewell party. Um, I hosted a karaoke just party in 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 the penthouse. Mm, right, I so, saw that on your Insta. Yeah, <laughs> that shit was fun. All right, so we just carried the funny part about that. Right, was I hired. A karaoke machine that was bigger than f- it was so fucking big. It was just absurdly big. It was just stupid, right? I hide that machine and then the guy was like, You're not gonna, it's not gonna go upstairs, right? And I'm like, Yeah, 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 it's not, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. Because it's huge. It's, it's basically this table, right? And then all the way to the floor, it's just Mm -hmm. massive. Probably weighed like 150 kilos, 200 kilos, something like that. Totally overkill. Yeah, totally. It was just stupid overkill. It wasn't like a little, it was like, I want the biggest fucking thing I can find.
1: Go go big or go home. Exactly,
0: right? And it was like lights everywhere in the machine. It's the own disco ball. (laughs) Stupid. Point is, we brought that machine up, right? (laughs) Left it on the first floor because the the penthouse is on like where we were going to party. It was on the second floor of the penthouse. And then when everyone came, I was like to the five biggest guys. I was like, you, 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 you. All right, let's go carry the machine. <laughs> so we carried it up and then we just had a blast, right? Um, we were just singing our hearts out, just fucking, yeah, just dancing, singing, having a blast, drinking, having pizza, things like that. Um, but we it actually got shut down by the cops because we were so loud.
1: <laughs> Too much fun. Yeah, we
0: were just so loud, right? And like my friend of Charlotte, she actually told me that because she, she she went to like go get drinks or something. She actually told me that three streets down, you could hear us. That's how loud we would be. Oh, wow. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. That was fucking mad fun.
1: So that's the happiest. that, that Probably. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Yeah. What if a, not top three. What a beautiful memory. Yeah. I love it. What do you value most in your
0: friends? The first thing that comes to mind is loyalty. Mm. That's just one of one of the values that I just hold in myself, which a lot of my friends obviously reflect. Otherwise, you wouldn't be in my circles. What does loyalty mean to you? <laughs> okay, so I I know this series gets a lot of shit, but I actually do like the series, and it's very shit writing. I understand that the, the writing shit, but I, I love the values that the series has, and the series is fast Furious, right? The writing is just ass, <laughs> right? Family, family, blah 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 blah. But the values that it up, upholds, I actually mad respect. Meaning that, like, no matter what happens, they got each other. They are a group that will fight anything. They're like, fuck it. You wanna, you wanna go against the cops? We'll go against the cops. You wanna go against the army? We'll go against them. You wanna, go, you wanna go against the underground? We'll go against them. To me, that's like loyalty in terms of like, mm. this is my circle. We protect each other. Let's go. Beautiful. So sticking together. Yeah.
1: What three words represent the core essence of who you are?
0: Can I cheat a little bit forwards? Sure. <laughs> of course. So the reason why I say that is this. this the first word is technically two words. And the first word is, it's called lean in. Basically, what that means is wherever you're up against your comfort zone, just fucking lean in. Mm -hmm. Lean in even a little bit. And I know sometimes it sucks, but just even a little bit, right? The second word. (laughs) I'm just going to say what has been reflected to me by two or three people over the last week. Um, and then we we'll, we we'll just, see, right? I've never thought of myself this way, but it's been reflected to me, which was purity, right? And and they were specifically actually girls, and they were like, "You have a very pure, like heart," right? I just never thought of myself that way, but yeah, let's just use that. Beautiful. Yeah. The third word. <laughs> the third word that comes to mind for me is epicness. Like I just want to do epic shit, mm, mm-hmm. right? Love it, yeah. Which is, which brings in the like constant growth, which is why I'm so okay with just burning who are who I've been for who I want to become. I'm burning my old life so that I can live the next. I'm okay with it, right? Love it. So yeah, what is
1: uh, one life lesson you learned from your dad?
0: <laughs> I'll definitely go with a winner life. So the winner's mindset. The winner's mindset. Mm. Yeah, whatever you do, just fucking win. So he, he taught me. And so one of the beliefs that I actually derived from that, and I have a very strong belief that goes, put me on any street in the planet. I don't care if I have no money. I don't care if I don't speak the language. I will be okay.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That reminds me of Richard Branson in his one of his autobiographies he wrote about... Um, how his mom or maybe it was his dad would randomly drop him off at a like just middle of a street and he would have to find his way home that alone that is sick and they would do that i think when he was like i don't know 10 or something and i think how how much that trained him to be self-reliant and mm, self-sufficient and, exactly. and obviously led to him becoming this uh, incredible entrepreneur
0: um, you should say sorry to my future kids because I might do that. <laughs> that sounds mad fun. I would probably do that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah I'll find which book that was for you because yeah. uh, you might be fascinated. Love to read. To, yeah, I'd
0: love to read about that. Yeah. What is uh
1: one of your favorite movies and why? Okay,
0: I already named Spirit. Right. So my favorite movies are often actually childhood movies. Funnily enough, right. Um, just because of the values that it upholds. I actually still uphold it to this day. I don't watch them anymore. Just It doesn't really interest me anymore, but the values, I it interests me. And it was for a Disney movie, actually, called Cars.
1: Cars. Cars. You know, that franchise is responsible for, like, billions of dollars of little car toy sales. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's the, funny. The, car, the toy sales have made more than all the movies combined.
0: Really? Mm-hmm. Actually, funnily enough, you know um, George Lucas or Lucas, whatever his fucking name is, the Star, Star Wars, creator. yeah, George Lucas. He he kept the licensing for the toys. Don't quote me on this one. I'm pretty sure yes. he kept the licensing for the toys because he knew it was going to blow up. He did, yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, genius move. He's so smart. Led yeah. him to him becoming a billionaire.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, super intelligent. Um, anyways, it was it's cars specifically because I saw myself. Okay, here's here's a tidbit for the audience. Right, whatever your favorite movie is it's very likely that it's your favorite movie because you see yourself in the main character.
1: Mm, Yes. Whatever it is. Interesting.
0: And I saw myself in the main character of Cuts when I was growing up, when I was young. This is my upbringing. And it was the cocky guy, a cocky rookie that like had everything, fell, right? Mm. And then he eventually learns the values of loyalty of having friends that are you know real connection eventually learned he doesn't need to be the winner like he even fucking lost the last race purposely right to go push up then they're the like old men quote-unquote just out of respect yeah. and i would hope that in my life now i would uphold the same values i love that insight that whatever your favorite movie is
1: it's because you probably resonate with the main character yep it's very likely. you see yourself in them
0: you see yourself in them. Uh, wow. And it's it's very good to look at childhood movies for that as well. What did you, because it's often how your life is kind of going to play out, mm-hmm.
1: funnily enough. Yeah. What is your dream for the planet?
0: <laughs> okay, so obviously my my business is an education company, right? Teaching people or teaching males, male entrepreneurs specifically on how to become their 1.0 self to their 2.0 self so that they can, you know, achieve their 2.0 life capable of it now on the other hand of that my cause that's the vision that i actually uphold is while i'm doing this i want them to become healthy masculine in the process so i will while they're doing this which is what they want i'm going to teach them this stuff which is what eventually is going to build their character as well here's what i mean right how i envision is this i see myself speaking on stage or on whatever, which I've done before, and then I see in the audience, I see just healthy men, Mm. healthy entrepreneurs, healthy masculine, healthy leaders, right? And then they go off and they lead their tribes. They become the protector, they become the provider, they become the safety for their tribes, right? They make people around them feel safe, feel loved, feel comfortable, especially the women around them. Fuck. You know the effect that that's going to have when now masculinity becomes healthy masculinity. So while I'm teaching all of this stuff, I'm going to insert this in as well, right? This is the course. I want healthy fucking leaders. I want healthy masculine.:
2: Yeah,
1: and the ripples you create, then they can create their ripples yeah, in their. They create minds. their own thing. Right And then the whole planet for sure shifts consciousness. Beautiful.
0: Imagine if t- men in the world had this sort of insight of going, honouring my inner masculine, but it honor- also honouring my inner feminine. Mm-hmm. Fuck, game over. Mm-hmm. The men are the fucking leaders, right? In the tribes, anywhere, in in your own inner circle, in your own brotherhood, you fucking lead. Become I feel like this inside. emotionally
1: resonates with you. Like it does. I can see the the emotion of it.
0: It's just, it's true.
1: Right. What is one thing you can leave our listeners with on how they can lead a more epic life?
0: (laughs) I would say go and design your 2.0 self, right? And a very good way of doing that is this. Go figure out what is your 2.0 life that you want. What is your soul calling you towards at this moment, right? There is something calling you. I don't care what it is, right? Whether you want to go scale your business, you want to go attract more feminine girls, you want to be in a relationship, whatever the fuck it is, I, I don't really care. Now, go design that life, like write down what you would want in that kind of life. Now, remember the formula, 2.0 equals 2.0 life, right? 2.0 self equals 2.0. Now go backwards. What kind of person would have that? Now go design the character that would have that. Here's what I mean also. What behaviours would your 2.0 self need to create that 2.0 life? What behaviours? Mm-hmm. Right? It can be even very simple things, such as when I said that my friend Alina, she wanted to drive herself home. And I'm like, no, it's just not going to fucking happen. And that behaviour is what? The behaviour of the provider, the behaviour of the protector. It's just not going to... I give you... There is literally zero... F- this quantum... Whatever, parallel universes there is not a single fucking one where I embody this embodiment and I let her drive herself home it's part of your standards it's just part of my standards it's not Mm going to happen right it's the same thing as like I'm not going to have another embodiment of me that doesn't have a mission it's just not going to fucking happen yeah exact same thing right so what behaviors what embodiment do you need that's going to create this life if you can do that it was so much further than everyone else. Because it all begins there. Brother, thank you so
1: much. This has been a fantastic conversation. Where can people find you if uh, they want to vibe with you?
0: Yeah, I love it. So you can go to my Instagram, um qua so K H O A T R N, Right. I'm typically on Instagram or you can go on my Hubi link as well, H O O dot B E slash Qua K H O A.
1: We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah, easy. Beautiful. Dude, thank you so much. Oh, good.
0: Oh, good. My pleasure.
1: You've been listening to the James Zander Trip Podcast. If you enjoyed this conversation, do me a favor and share it with one friend who you think might enjoy this podcast. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast on Apple and Spotify. And to stay in touch with me, join the newsletter at jameszander.com. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful day. Hey, so if you're still listening, and you've made it this far, I want to thank you personally. You are one of the OGs, the true fans of the podcast. Not many people listen to the end. So if you've actually made it this far, I don't take that for granted. I appreciate you so much. And I invite you to reach out to me personally. I'd love to hear what episodes you most enjoyed, what type of topics and what type of guests you'd love to see in the future feel free to message me on Instagram or you can email me if you sign up to my newsletter and just hit reply to the welcome email. I'll be sure to read it. Now, if you have a moment to rate the podcast on Apple or Spotify, that would help me out so much. I super appreciate that. And if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast on YouTube, please do me a favor and go to youtube.com slash at James Zander Trip. I'm trying to get to 1000 subscribers, so every subscriber counts. One last thing. I have another podcast where I do solo episodes, mostly about psychedelics, but I also share life lessons and all sorts of insights. So if you search for The Microdose, you can find my second podcast on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And finally, I just launched a mindset course called Unlock God Mode, So in the next audio, you'll hear more details about my course. If you're not interested, feel free to skip to the next episode. Again, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. It means the world to me. Feel free to share this episode with a friend that you think might enjoy it. And I'll see you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, you might enjoy my brand new audio course, Unlock God Mode. Unlock God Mode is a four-week experience where every day you'll get a 15-minute audio lesson that gives you frameworks, tools, and perspectives to upgrade your relationship with life. In the same way that mushrooms give you insights that help you up-level in the video game of life, I designed this course to do the same thing for you. I've compiled every lesson that I learned through psychedelics, through meditation, through my spiritual work, through life. I've put my best tools in this course, so that no matter who you are, if you choose to go on this adventure with me, you're going to learn some amazing frameworks you're going to learn to see life with new eyes you will improve your relationship with life and by extension your life will improve if you're interested in more details go to jameszander.com/godmode or use the link in the show notes use the promo code shrooms for a special discount thank you so much for listening to the podcast i deeply appreciate you feel free to reach out to me through my newsletter. Go to jameszander.com to sign up. I'd love to connect. This episode is sponsored by magicmush.ca. If you're looking for an online dispensary for magic mushrooms, mushroom chocolate, and other high-quality psychedelic products, head over to magicmush.ca and use the promo code JAMES to get 25% off. Thank you for listening and have a beautiful trip.